Late Night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. everywhere at the moment. I mean... It's the end. Isn't it? You don't know that song, do no, you? No, I don't think I've ever it's heard Bad it. It's Badfinger, Baby Blue. Um, you will have heard it because it was in Freaks and Geeks in an episode, I think. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. I'm thinking of another song. It, it, anyway, it keeps popping up recently and I just cannot... I can not... David, are you there? Yeah. Why? 
I'm ready for the interview at, at half past. At 10.30, yes. Oh, so weird. At 10.30. Yeah, I'm just listening in. Don't mind me. But the thing is... The the thing is, you're on you're on Skype, yeah, and we can't close the Skype fader. It has to be open, right? So I just wondered why you were on twenty five minutes early. The early bird catches the way. The what? The early bird. Early bird. You know what? The early bird catches the way, don't it? Okay. Well, we're going to do the show. Ian, yeah, hmm? I told you this was going to be. No, weird. no, no! It's going to be good because the book is the book is good. He's written a book. Oh, no, I've written about half the story. No, you haven't. He has written a book, and I'm uh, I haven't read it, but I'm thrilled that this is. Uh, you, should have, you should have read it before you. Got no, no, no! We're going to read it live on air. I read one story. Well, I read I read one one bit in the book. David Babcock's written a ghost book, which you can buy on Amazon. It's true, and I opened it. It came today, and I opened it, and it said, "This story is so scary that my lawyers have asked me not to put it in the book." That was one of the stories. The end. Um, so I'm looking forward to this a lot. I'm a big fan, as you know, of the supernatural. I'm a big fan of... of um, I'm, I'm a big believer. I'm opening my third eye as we speak. I don't know. We should pack that in. But, so David's going to be exciting. But David, can you... You're, so your line is going to be open, but can, you, can I ask you just to keep quiet? Yeah, I'll, I'll hold my breath. Don't make any weird noises like you normally do. No. No, I'm holding my breath now. Well, don't... don't well, you're, don't die. You've got 25, 20 minutes. No, let's see if he can hold. Let's see if he can hold his breath for twenty-two minutes. No, we can't. Right, oh three four four four. <sighs> Jeez, mate! I knew he wouldn't be able to stop making the weird noises. Seriously, I'm Sorry. I'm so excited about the book. I've even got a copy to give away. I bought three copies. Um, David you bought Bab- those. Yep, David right. Babcock, Page Turners and Spine Chillers. It's, it's a great read. Um, spine I, chillers, is that a thing? Yep. Yeah, so it's a spine tingler. No, you chill your spine. No, you don't chill a spine. Of course you do. No. But just a little bit of respect. How many books have you written, Catherine? To date? Yeah. Zero. Zero. Please, David, mate. Am I not on yet? No, you're not until half past. We're not doing I, you I, yet. Holding my breath. No, don't <sighs> do that because you just did that and then you squeaked one out. How many books have you written, Catherine? That makes no difference at all. It, he's written a book. You have, well, I mean, you have... has he, though? Yeah, he has. Has he, has he though? He has. Yeah. I'm hold... Please, mate. We'll, we'll do it later. That's at half past. In the meantime, oh. 0344. Going to have to ask you to be silent. 0344. 499-1000 is the telephone number. I'm, I'm back after a few days off. Um, should I check in? I'll check in. I feel lousy, man. I feel lousy. But I was just sat at home feeling lousy. And I thought, I'll come in and um, maybe um, hanging out with Catherine and Sam, doing the old the old show, the old one-two, will make me feel um, uh, better. But I feel quite... I'll tell, tell you how I feel. This is how I feel. I feel really nervous feel very, very nervous. I've had words with James. I've apologised to James. And we've made peace, which is lovely. But I feel very nervous being here after a few days off. And also after um, just not feeling well mentally. I feel feel wobbly is, is the, the best way of putting it. So I feel very nervous being here. I'm worried I'm going to say something wrong. I'm worried I'm going to burst into tears. Um, and I just don't quite know how... Um, how the show's going to go, but we'll see. You, you, if you get them back for us, please, Sam, we, we, we'll see. Um, Don't so, worry about bursting into tears, because I did that yesterday. Did you? Why? It's fine. Someone told me a sad story. Oh. You know what I'm like. Well, then you should go out when I do David's book. 
Sad story, not a... Spine chillers. Story written by Sado. Okay, well, okay, please don't, please don't. And you stay out of it, David, I've got this covered. 03444991000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. What are the conspiracy theories around the coronavirus? The only reason I ask, I'm not being flippant, the only reason I ask is because I saw one on a local Facebook page today. It wasn't, um... You know, a, a Fruit Loops and Nutcase. It was a Facebook page that the previous posts, one had been um, complaining about someone who'd parked in a disabled bay without a disabled sticker, and everyone was saying, vandalise the car. <gasps> oh, everyone! And uh, the post before that was about HS2. So it's a proper local... It's concerned citizens is concerned what it is. Concerned citizens, right? And then I went there to... I love it. I love it. And I went there today, and someone had posted, um, someone had posted, copied and pasted another post from a thing, and they'd just written question. And here we go. So this is what they posted. Very interesting. Wuhan is where 5G was rolled out. What if 5G wrecked immune systems and thereby boosted the virulency of the normal cold. One of the main points about 5G was that it would wreck immune systems and make people sick. Silicon Valley does not want it. I hesitate there because Valley is spelt wrong. And the kicker, people in Wuhan say 5G sucks and that 4G was better. <laughs> it was all for nothing. Figure that. I remember now that Wuhan was where the tech was going to be put in place first, but forgot all about that with this pandemic. What if all we are seeing in Wuhan is sickness from exposure to excessive 5G radiation and weakened immune systems? Things that make... They end the, the post with, things that make you go, hmm. No, they didn't. They did. They did. They did. And this woman's posted it, and fair play, most of the people have gone, you're a nut job, or posted gifs of people wearing tinfoil tin hats. hats. She's, she's doubled down. She's doubled down, and, but I am a free thinker, and I question everything. Yeah. And some people have supported her. So it's not one... Uh, nutcase, it's, it's, you know, she's doubled down and people are supporting her. Um, and, uh, I, I, it, I haven't heard any, and then I tweeted that and someone wrote, well, it's probably the, um, controlled virus centre they have in Wuhan That's there's been a leak. Now, is there a controlled virus centre in Wuhan? I have a serious conspiracy theory. Okay. The Americans are not going to be happy we are aligning ourselves with the Chinese for this deal, right? Oh, by the way, I have a Huawei phone, so... Yeah. So what if it's the old... Uh, the old one too. The, 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 fake, the fake news um, content providers at work. What? And you're trying to undermine the, belief. You're in... saying the coronavirus is fake? No. You're saying the Americans made it? No. So... I'm, are you saying the Jews made it? No. Wow. I'm not That's saying that at all. What I'm saying is that um, these conspiracy theories come from somewhere. Yep. It might be useful to the Americans at this point for us to be a bit frightened about what's going to happen. I reckon someone done it with a monkey. Inevitably. Uh, so you, we'll take your conspiracy theories on that. Respectfully so. Respectfully so. Because I think over 100 people have died now. And it's respectfully so. But, but, but also, I'm old enough to... Let's go through them. SARS. Bird flu. Now, was bird flu HN51 as well? Wasn't there an H HRN... HN51? Was that bird flu? I don't know. 
Um, I remember that fella that wasn't letting his kid go to school because they were going to get Ebola. Oh, Ebola. Yes, there was Ebola. There was another... And again, not laughing at Ebola. There was a man yep. in the middle of the shires in this country who was not taking his child to school because he said she's going to get Ebola. Yeah. So, um, there was another fluey one as well. I'm thinking of another fluey one. Damien, do you remember the other fluey one? Oh, don't know. Uh, bird flu was H5N1, I think. H5N1, that was it, thank you. That was just, that, that was just, that was bird flu, wasn't it? Yeah. SARS, was bird, bird flu was from China, wasn't it? Mm-hmm, yeah. Was SARS from China? Probably. Oh, now. <laughs> Everything, everything's made in China these days. It is. I think SARS was... Bird flu may have been Hong Kong, which is China now. I think SARS was... was uh, yes. Outbreak of uh, SARS in southern China caused an eventual 8,098 cases, resulting in 774 deaths Blimey. in 17 countries. The majority Blimey. of the cases in China, mainland and Hong Kong. Go golly gosh. Well, anyway, Dam Damien, what can we do for you tonight? I just wanted to send you some good vibes, really, Ian. Oh. I'm so so glad to hear you back. Bring it on. Bring on the good vibe. By the way, yeah. uh, David Babcock is on the line with us, but he won't be saying anything. Will you, yeah, David? Keep, keep quiet. Oh, no. Shh. <laughs> Go on, David. Right. Send those good... Please be quiet. Go on, David. Not you, Damien. Please be quiet, David. <laughs> Please be quiet. Damien, sorry. Shut up! Barbara! Da Damien. Sorry. It's so good to hear you back, and, um... I know you, you get a lot of callers and you, get, you take a lot of slack. I've been looking, looking back at YouTube videos of all the people that ring in and bend your ear and cause you stress. And I, as a fellow anxiety survivor and sufferer of depression, I, I understand how that can affect you. So I just wanted to, to call in and wish you well and send you, some man. good vibes your way. Thank you, Damien. Those good vibes are accepted. They are, they are taken and I'm embracing them. Thank you very much indeed. 0344 499 1000. Um, this is Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. 0344-499-1000. Oh, later on as well, we're going to play the interview we did with Nicholas Parsons, uh, maybe a couple of years ago. I think we had him on. Uh, he obviously uh, died today at the age of 296. Not quite, 96. Uh, and we had him on and he was delightfully um, bonkers, wasn't he? Delightfully bonkers. And, and great. I, met him, I met him, I was going to say a couple of times, I definitely met him once in the flesh maybe maybe more than once i can remember once uh, uh he was lovely man he was lovely and um uh it's just it's just sad so we thought we we dig that out and play that a little bit later on because it's uh it was it was nice if i remember it correctly isn't his wife got eastenders on in the background really loud <laughs> I think, I think that, is that... Did that happen or is that when I was trying to set it up? That may be when you were trying to set it up. We'll have to have a little listen then. So we'll do that a little bit, <laughs> a little bit later. Good evening, Alan. Hiya, boss. Huh? Hello. I How can I, I describe Nicholas Parsons like whippetism, deviating or hesitation? Say that again. How can I describe Nicholas Parsons like whippetism, deviating or hesitation? Well, you just, uh, repetition. You just repeated yourself. Well, that's not an instant buy for a cell of a century. No, no um, oh. I'll get, hang on, I'll get my bell out and we'll do this properly. Okay. Got Savlon in my bag, if anyone's interested. I'd like some. Do you want some Savlon? Yeah. Got some Savlon. What for? Not for your lips? Yeah. No, 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 no. Why? No, no, it's not a lip balm. No, I know, but I'm no. getting cracked. Oh, no, 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 no. Right. It might get infected. Right, Alan, you've got 60 seconds to talk on a subject 
without hesitation, repetition, or deviation, okay? Okay. Um, and that subject is, let's go for it, it's Nicholas Parsons. Nicholas Parsons, one of the greatest men ever known, first started out on Just a Minute on Radio 4 back in the 1950s, then he went on in the 1970s to present Tell of the Century on ITV, which ran till 1983, was one of the greatest game shows of the 70s and 80s. Going to stop you there. Set repetition of seventies. Mm. Quick challenging. You got forty seconds remaining. Time starts now. I met Nicholas Parsons once. It was at the British Broadcasting Corporation, and we were doing an interview on a newsy type program. He was the guest before me. Ding. What? Hesitation, several times. It's not hesitation. Guess before me. It wasn't a hesitation. Yes, it was. Was it? Catherine Bow, incorrect challenge. In you keep the point. You can't do it now. In charge. Right, are we ready? Ugh. Give me that bell. <laughs> okay, you can have the bell, but you've got to do it properly. I said hello to him and told him that I was a big fan of his. He was very pleased. Sarcastic voice. <laughs> it's not. It's not one of the rules. Okay, carry on. I, uh, David, you can buzz in on this, by the way. I met him and he was very gracious when I told him how much I admired his work. I was particularly a big... A lot of eyes. You could, you're allowed to repeat I. Are you? Yes, you are. God. You ever listen to it? No, I find it really dull. How much time have I got, Alan? You've got about ten seconds. Okay. Buzz. Sorry? You've got ten seconds, contact now. Well, hang on, what was, no, buzz. Done... what was the buzz for? You repeat it particularly. Well, we've started again, you've missed it. You missed that one. Sorry. You've got ten, David, I've got, you've still got ten seconds, contact now. Nicholas Parsons was in a show. Who's Nicholas? Can we challenge? What? No. Yeah. Now it's me. How many seconds have I got left? No, but it's not you. Yes, it is. It's you a... said Nicholas. Still in the same way that I say milk. There's milk no, and Nicholas. No, come on, no. Nicholas is not a thing. All right, I'll let you have it. How many seconds have I got left? Cameron Moore, you got eight seconds remaining. Time starts now. Nicholas Parsons, a towering legend of the radio industry and somebody so many people look <laughs> up to. Jack gets the point. Okay, all Thank right. You. Okay, um, David, this is your turn. You've got 60 seconds without hesita hesitation, repetition, or the other one. Come deviation. On. Thank you, deviation. Well, I don't know about that. Um, and you, your time starts now. What am I talking about? Oh. Unbelievable. Stop the clock. Right. Uh, yours is the National Television Awards. Your 60 seconds starts now. I've seen a lot of coverage about the National Television Awards on Twitter, and most of all, I think that the surprise of the night has got to be that Mrs. Brown's boys beat Air Fleabag. And I would say, Air Fleabag. No. Air Fleabag. No, I said A Fleabag. Well, what's, what's A Fleabag? I think it's from the same it's factory a... as Necklace. Any question? You got fifty seconds. Time starts now. The Stupid. National. <laughs> Television awards were hosted by David Walliams. I'll be talking about that particular gentleman a little bit later on, as I need his help to try and get me to star in an Adam Sandler movie. Of course, last year or Bing deviation. Kevin Bell challenge. I've gone straight. No, it's not a deviation. You're talking about Adam Sandler movies yeah, and your ambitions. 
Yeah, because David Williams is in one of the five Adam Sandler. One of the five no, Adam Sandler movies. No, you're on talking about Adam Sandler. Because we're not in the game now. Catherine Moore, incorrect challenge in. You've still got it. You've got 40 seconds remaining. Time starts uh. now. There was a lot of controversy on social media that this particular gentleman who I mentioned, who was... Alan Caddy, challenge! We're particular of the word gentleman. All right, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Wrong. Wrong? No, I'm... I'm you to say time starts now before I start. Okay, you've got 45 seconds, your time starts now. What hesitation? Yeah, you went. In the quick change, you got forty seconds rain. Time starts now. The awards are very famous, and I was there last year or maybe before that as part of my excellent I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here, which won a prize for being the best reality show. I think I got to go. Ding. Yes. Hesitation. Challenge. Hesitation. Incorrect challenge. Ely still gets it. It's really hard to think, though, Alan, um, with your tongue so far up my backside. I'm just on being part of the late Nicholas Parsons. Oh, is this, oh this, is, this is Alan's um, audition tape. <laughs> I'm going to be on Radio 4 before you know it. Radio 4, get ready. OK. You carry on, David. Your time starts now. <laughs> okay, we get the idea. Do we do the quarter past break? We we did it. Jeez. Yeah. All right, Alan. Thanks for that. Thank you. There we go. There we go. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. It's a fun game to play. The kids like playing that game. I got to tell you about the best game I bought for the kids. I bought you the, the card game Sussed. Uh, it popped up on Amazon as you bought this. You bought this. You might like this. And I looked at it. It looked. It's, it's, it's a card game. And I thought, well, it's my boy's birthday. I thought, well, yeah. And I read the reviews. I went, do you know what? It's a tenner. I'm taking a punt. One of the best tenors I've spent in absolutely ages. It's a card game. but it, and it, It's basically, it's got four questions on it. And you read it and you go, which one of these is most like me? And then you read it and the others have to go, hmm, okay, right. And you go, right. What did you put? And they go, C, B, B. I go, oh, actually, it's A. And you, oh, me, and the, me and the boys were in And hysterics. then what happens? Do you keep the card if you got the question no, right? No, no, it's not, it's, not, it's not about possession of cards. Who you wins, just, then? How do you win? Whoever gets the most points. So there's four questions on each card, and you go around in turns. Okay. You can, if, you, if you're really confident, for each person, you can, you can like, play a little joker and double up. Um, it was brilliant, though. So, honestly, get it. Sussed. A tenor. And it looks a bit rubbish, but we were in hysterics playing this. Very, very funny. And you, you know, you think you know people, you think you might know some people, and then it turns out that maybe you don't know. But some I mean, people. what you're finding out is things like what do you prefer, dogs or cats, right? Um, what was one of the questions? Uh, um, next time I see the boys, I'll borrow it and bring it in. Um, what was one of the questions that we had? Oh, if I were a car, would I be a, 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 a fast, sporty car? Would I be a convertible or would I be a middle-of-the-road safe car? Okay. Which do you think I would be? That's actually one of my questions. Well, convertible. Middle-of-the-road safe car. Really? Uh, yeah, I put that. No one put that. I'm a, I'm a boring guy. I'm a boring guy. Okay, all right. 
What we're going to do, dear listener, is we're going to take a break. Then when we come back, we have got a very, very special guest, a uh, surprise guest. It's not a surprise. It is, it is for people who've just tuned in. I mean, only those now, from these people, it's a surprise. Exactly. Everyone else. You, his, you, this know, guy you know the audience rolls. Every 25 minutes we get a new audience, it rolls. Is it like that at night? Yes. Um, so, the, uh, our audience are rolling spliffs, but... <laughs> So we've got a very special guest coming on to talk about a very special book that he's written. That it's two very special. That you can buy. Um, right. I'm sorry? Shh. Before we continue. Yes. Kathleen. Mm. Has is, is, is somebody rubbed salt in your chuff or something? Like, cause you, <gasps> you see, this is the problem. Okay. Everybody calm down. You watch your language. Catherine, you did have that coming. When we come back, we're going to start afresh. This is Talk Radio. Late Night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Well, on this show, we like to encourage um, creativity, and um, so many of you have gone out and made podcasts and done started doing stand up as a result of us. So many of you owe your 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 lives and your mm-hmm. careers to us. As we know, there was a podcast shortage. Here's the thing: we've got um, we've got a first a book inspired um, partly by this. Show and I'm thrilled to say we have the author of the book on, um, ladies and gentlemen. Would you please welcome David Babcock? Good evening, David. Great to be here. Great to be here, guys. How are you doing? Uh, very, very well, David. How are you? Yeah, I'm not bad. Um, yeah, I'm all right. Do I sound like I'm in Australia? Um, no. No. David Babcock, Page Turners and Spine Chillers. It's a spooky title. We know you're a paranormalist. Tell us about this book. Where did you get the idea from? This book, as a paranormal investigator, I've been to some horrible places. You could say I've been t- from Helen back to and back. But what I will have you say though? is... You haven't, though, have you? Kath? You haven't been to hell. What? Shut up. What I will say is, on my trip towards hell and back, uh. I've seen... right. I've I've seen Ian. Can I can't do this if she keeps going to keep putting in. Catherine, please. Sorry. It's, he's nervous. It's his first book, and he's nervous. Just give the kid a break. Can you pass me a copy? Where is it? Um, it's there. You a coffee. You can have a copy of the book. You I'm just going to have a quick read of it while you're talking. Give the kid a break. Right. One of the. By the way, we're giving. Right, isn't it? We're giving one of these away okay. tonight. Tonight. Go on, David. Sorry, mate. Where, tell me about the ideas. On my journey to and from hell and back, I've seen some things. I've heard some things. And I've written them things down in a series of short stories that will l- quite literally eject the uh, urine from your bladder. Are these true stories, then? I will not say which ones aren't and which ones are, but some of them are, some of them aren't. Um, Death FM, let's talk about that one. No, we can't. That one's a long one. You don't want to go into that one. Well, this also mentions my, apparently, my chuff again. Right, what is your obsession? Let's keep it above the waist tonight, guys. Can you please read the first pages of the book, which is a legal uh, message that any... Ash- yeah, I'll read it out. I've got it here. Uh, just to put you on the right track, okay, Kathleen. Let's Getting just, uh, legal very, very early on in this interview. Go on. Uh, the stories, all names, characters and incidents portrayed in this production are fictitious, no identification with actual persons, living or deceased places, buildings and products is intended or should be inferred. Although this story does start, Ian had been presenting radio shows for ages. He and his co-host Kathleen were a partnership not to be messed with. Weeknights from ten until one was their slot. It's more than a passing resemblance, isn't it? It does feel like us. 
Yeah. You, you say it was inspired. Uh, the story I actually heard wasn't uh, under those circumstances, but I thought I'd link it to your show so that you'd have me on. Can I read one of the stories, David? Would you mind? Which one is it? Ah, push it. Right, I'm going to read it along with you, just in case you skew it to try and make me seem okay. like a pervert or something. I've not read... Well, would you like to pick a story? Because I've not read these. I thought we could read these tonight. We've got Meat Feast. Um, oh, that one... No, that one looks offensive. Uh, Naughty 40. What? Oh, there's another one of that. Sexy 60. Yeah, it's not. It's not what you think. You fool. There's one called You Fool. Have um, you read the book? And it goes, no. I'm reading it now. You fool. You fool. That's it. That's the end. Yeah, but it's linked. I don't want to give it away. It's, it's linked. Okay. It's all, all, right. it's all linked. All, all right. right. Read. It's in space, nobody hears ghosts. Now, where, what page is it on? Because you've got, you've, interestingly, you've put the um, index at the back of the book and you haven't included page numbers. Mm. So wh whereabouts roughly... Oh, there's no page numbers on it. So what's... I'll find it. It's called In Space... It's, it's unexplained. It's called... It's called... What's it called? In Space what? Nobody hears ghosts. It's probably the width of an ant from the front page. Okay, that's not actually listed in the Here index. Here it is. Here it is. It's, it. it's not yeah. listed in the index. Is it not? All right, Kath, do you want to read it? It's after bedtime. There we go. Kath's going to read it. Okay. In Space, Nobody Hears Ghosts. Mission Log 369, USS Starseeker... Year 2189. As our voyage into the unknown continues, we edge closer to shining a light on the darkest realms of the universe. Aside from the experiments going well, a troubling mood has swept the crew. Station control had planned for some levels of nausea and general moping around, but this has been the strangest mood yet. Jenkins has been claiming to have seen people in the crew quarters. People who aren't on the crew list. People from his past. Doc has had a check on him and his vitals are fine. We shall keep him under assessment. Mission Log 370, USS Starseeker, year 2189. Troubling news regarding Jenkins. He displayed some highly challenging behaviour over lunch which has led to him being held in the prison wing. He was sitting up at the communal table when he suddenly leapt up on his chair and pulled down his trousers and pants. He spread his bum cheeks and went on to talk in a high-pitched voice saying he was... Corporal Bum Bum. Take it seriously, Kath. <laughs> and we are all under arse rest. Doc is placing... Doc is placing him under 24-hour surveillance. Oh, there's more! Mission Log 371, USS Starseeker, year 2189. We began the day with some real progress with Jenkins. With some medication, he became lucid and explained that he felt like he'd been possessed. When we asked him who by, he screamed, Corporal Bum Bum! and ran around the room farting, really starting to worry. We need to go back to base. Mission Log 372, USS Starseeker, year 2189. Wow. Come on. I, think I, a lot of I didn't, in I didn't see this coming. I think Kath is about to throw up. This is Corporal Bum Bum. The whole crew are dead. Whoops. You shall all report to the poop deck immediately. I poo on your face. I poo on your face. The end. Wow. Um, okay. Uh, now, I know you said you uh, couldn't, but is that is that one of the true stories? Well, as you can tell, we don't currently have the technical capabilities to have uh, 
things like that in space. So that no, that's one that's kind of just a, it's, it's kind of a foresight of the way that humanity's going. That could happen one day. Um. I don't appreciate you laughing at me bloody book. Well, I didn't. I don't appreciate you making me Kath, say bum bum on the radio. Kath, what? Please. Please. We're talking to David Babcock about his book, Page Turners and Spine well, Chillers. You it's can read the next one. on Amazon. Uh, if you just type in David Babcock, it pops up. I see the book has got a five-star uh, review already, and it's only just come out. So that is, uh, that is um, amazing. What are they saying? Um, this is a thrilling short story collection from paranormal expert David Babcock. Drawing from years of experience, DB has put together a book of tales guaranteed to leave you unable to sleep and with many questions regarding spooks, spirits and ghoulies. Is it as good as Lovecraft, M.R. James, Stephen King, James Herbert? That's not for me to say. However, did I enjoy the experience of this book? Yes. Yes, I did. Five stars. That's from Lance. Well done. So it's already... It's it's getting great reviews, David. This this is your first book, isn't it? It's the first time I've ever written anything down. Did you not think about hiring a ghostwriter? I think that's yeah. a joke. Yeah, you're not the first to try that kind of humour. Can I, you, if you just treat me as if you've got uh, J.R. Hartley on? Okay, Can, do, I'm going to read one now, if you don't mind. I'm going to read "Ice to See You." <clears throat> oh God! Sorry. Oh God! I said. What is this? Is this a scary one or a vulgar one? It's, well, let the reader decide. Okay. Okay. Go on, Ian, let's hear it. The snow, ice to see you. The snow hits hard against Peter's window. He thinks the glass will surely shatter under the immense battering it is taking from the blizzard. He hears a crack and rushes to check on the condition of his bedroom window. As he opens the curtains, he sees a face pressed up against the glass. The face mutters something, but Peter can't make it out. He yells, Spirit, I cannot hear thee! Speak up or forever hold your peace! The face repeats itself, contorting its features as if frustrated by Peter. Spirit, I shall not hear thy words! Unless thou speaketh with a roar, which the storm itself would envy. Here, I shall help ye, but do not dare taketh me into oblivion with, with thou. To be pricked by ye devils, own fiery trident forever in damnation. And with that, Peter opens the window. <laughs> The face says, Eyes to see you! Eyes to see you! It was a bloody joke! I was saying eyes to see you, like nice to see you, but with ice instead of nice because of the blizzard. Jesus, you try and have a laugh and people just can't take a joke these days. That's it, I've had enough, I'm off. And with that, the man walks off into the storm. Peter feels a right dafty. <laughs> Now ask yourself the question, was that or was that not Bruce Forsyth at the window? Well, I don't know. Well. And that's a... I've got one. Okay, but where you go? This one is called Ollie, Matt and Roger. Okay, let me get the spooky music up. 
Away you go. I'll, just, I'll bring the music in as you, as you go. Away you go. I will warn you, I'm a great author. I'm not a great reader, so I might get this wrong. Okay. Away you go. Now? Yeah. I go. No, come on. It's, it, I've run out of spooky music. Um, okay, well, I'll do the... Um, I can do it dry. Ollie was a gamer. No, that doesn't work. Let's try this. No, mm. come on. Here we go. Yeah, there it is. Right. Ollie was a gamer. He'd played games for so long that he'd become something of a professional. One night he was playing a PlayStation game with his friends Roger and Matt. They were all laughing at each other's rubbish jokes and eating junk food like the, the lo losers they are. Steady. Suddenly, Ollie got a stomach cramp. Guys, guys, I've just got to go check my katsuki. He didn't want to admit that he needed a colossal poo. He rushed into the toilet, slammed the door shut and thrust his bum onto the seat. He did his business and relaxed with a smug grin. I can't go on, it's too scary. Okay. What page is it? I'll finish okay. it. No, I, I, think it, I think it probably is a little bit too scary. I think it does it, get... It, got, it, it choked me, I can't... Yeah. Some of them are that, they're that disturbing, I, I don't want to read them again because um, I'm scared of That them. one is a scary one. I think, I'm going to post the link. If you go on Amazon, you can get it there. Peter's tweeted, guys, I've been listening to a chat with the David Babcock in a state of despair. Could you please put your three counties consumer issue hats on and let me know where I stand on cancelling an Amazon order that's already in transit? Hmm. Mm. Why would, why, Pete is a troll. Okay, so I didn't realise he was. You had issues with Pete. I do apologise. I wouldn't have read that if I'd known. Um, yeah, must be very satisfying being able to to sit in bed just flicking away at something that you have you have created. I t I've got to tell you, every night since I completed the bed bed completed the book, mm. I lie back in bed and I pull the sheets right up past my nib. Across the belly button, slide it over my boobies, and I bring it right up to the neck. Mm-hmm. And I do a little smile, and I go, thank you, mm. to myself. Well, I think a lot of people will be saying th doing exactly the same ritual um, over the coming nights and saying thank you to you, David Babcock, for writing this excellent book. I'm going to tweet the link, David Babcock, Page Turners and Spine Chillers. You didn't get it done on Lulu like I did, so you're, you're getting significantly less percentage of the money than you could have done. That's a schoolboy error. What's, yeah. what's next? Next is, I've got to tell you, this and then I'm going to go to bed. No, I think he meant work-wise. That's right, it's, work his first, it's his first interview. He doesn't, he doesn't know the oh. etiquette. Um, I might not ever write another book again, because what I've done is a little bit of my soul went into this book. Mm. Right? It went into it, and I'm never going to get that soul back. It's in there for all to see. <laughs> And you will see it if you read my book. The words will come out of the page into your eyes. 
and intoxicate you. Let's do a yeah? let's do um, let's do a question. Uh, we've got one copy of this book to give away. If you want it, oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. And the question is, what is David Babcock's name? First person to phone up and come on air, and I'll take calls straight to air. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. What is David Babcock's name? First person to get that right will win a copy of David Babcock, Page Turners, and Spine Chillers. It really is a very very spooky read, David. You should be very proud of yourself. Congratulations. I am. I'm giving me a slap on the back right as we speak. Okay, and um, I look forward to um, speaking to you soon. How's the baby, by the oh. way? I haven't got a baby. Is that it? Uh, yeah, what do you mean? I thought I'd have a, at least half hour. You've been on for 45 minutes, mate. Not, well, I suppose, yeah, haven't I? Mm. Right, fair enough. Then. Whoop. This is Talk Radio. Late Night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Okay, the phones have gone crazy. We did at one point have six callers um, on the switchboard. There's only two now. So we can tell that David's fans are um, impatient. Uh, question, very, very simple. Uh, to win this copy of this book, I've only got one copy to give away. David Babcock, Page Turners and Spine Chillers. Very simple question. What is David Babcock's name? Let's go to line one. Line one, you're on the wireless. <laughs> okay, do you have an answer to the question? Let me just check. David Bab Babcock. David Babcock. Can you spell it for me, please? D A V I D. Next word. B A B C O C K. Sheila, you've David won. Babcock. Yep. Yeah, okay. Stop saying it, please. You've won the copy of the book. This has got. Um, my saliva on it because there was some I'm covered in super glue as well at the moment that's a different story you've won the copy of the book Sheila if you stay on the line um, Ollie will get Ollie's gone during a competition who's Ollie? Hope you, uh, Ollie's the next caller sorry I meant Sam hope you like our newsier direction Ollie David Babcock you, you, you're correct I win one book no you're second oh but he, he's defamed me and made me defecate in his book. Well, no. You're saying you've never defecated. You, you, you defecate in the toilet. Sheila's won the book, haven't you, Sheila? I won the book. Yes, I won the book. I've got it. I've got it. It's Don't mine. be mean-spirited about it, please, Ollie. All right, Ollie. It's me, Sheila. Look. Oh, you could buy a copy, Ollie. <laughs> We don't have money. Jesus, this guy, this guy makes me, this guy makes me want to puke. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry, Ollie. We only give. I, I bought this book. I paid for it. I paid nine ninety nine for this book that I'm sending yeah. to Sheila. But didn't you and buy three books? Yeah, I bought three books. I've got one. One's for one. Yeah. Kath has taken one. There were two prizes, yeah. but Kath has taken one. Oh, you said one was for me. No, it, it does, you, it, it's yours. You have it now. You oh. don't. You don't want to support him. That's fine. Sorry, Ollie. You want to keep it though. You still want to keep it? Goodbye, Ollie. Thank you very much. Sheila, if you stay on the line and talk to Sam, get, give him your name and address, we'll send you the book out. Thank you. No, thank you. Congratulations. There we go. Winners. Winners all round, you see? You made some people happy. My two people. Winners. Well, one person. Or, wait, made one person happy and another Disappointed person... Disappointed another. ...very, very angry. Uh, thank you for that, David. Um, we, uh, here's the thing. We keep our guests on for as long as we feel it's interesting. Yeah. And when it dips, we um, we move on. So thank you very much for that. Um, 
I had a migraine at the weekend. I'm feeling terrible. And I, I posted a picture of me on Instagram having a migraine. Uh, partly because when I'm in migraine, when I'm having a migraine, I'm in migraine. I'm insane. My thinking does not follow. I'm in so much pain that my thinking does not follow any rational kind of thought. And at that point, it seemed like the right thing to do, right? You're thinking. Other people who've had migraines might, might agree with this. My thinking follows no logical thought process, right? And it seemed like the thing to do. And a couple of people called me out. One guy who I've now blocked on Twitter. I engaged him on Twitter and now I've just, just block. Just, I'm just blocking. It's so much easier than muting and engaging. If someone says something I, I don't like, block. Makes it so much easier. And he, he, he messaged me on Insta and on, on Twitter saying, well, if I had a migraine, the last thing I'd be doing is taking selfies. Okay, well, I did. I did. That's what I did. That's, I'm sorry that what I did is different to what you would do. That's what I did. Now you're blocked. But thanks for letting us know what you do in that hypothetical scenario. And there was a woman t- today or yesterday called Gemma, I won't <laughs> give her full name out, on Instagram, who posts, what did she post? Because you spotted it before me. This is on Instagram, right? <laughs> where, where people basically post pictures of pets, of their backsides, of backsides of food, of holidays, of you know, it's a really. I was going to say flaccid. That's not the right word. No, facile. It's a really facile, um, meaningless social media, right? That's all it is. And what did, did Gemma write? <laughs> People are actually dying around the world. Because I had a migraine. And it then went on to a whole series of, of messages. Basically, first of all, I said, I don't believe you. Give me proof. But a whole series of messages from me, Kath, Stephen Page joined in. Uh, and Gemma, um, basically, she was having a go at me for posting a really selfish picture, I guess, whilst people were dying. And then when I said oh, come on, you know, sort of laughing about it. She sort of went, yeah, you tell us what you're having for your lunch. Love. Here's the thing. Oh, dear, she called yeah, you something. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, I just laughed. Very strange. But here's the thing. This is a person who has a closed account, so I would love to see... How her. many people she's saving? Yeah, exactly, because each of her posts has got to be, I don't know, a link to um, <laughs> the work she's doing with the local food bank or maybe an advert for Save the Children or whatever it might be. Then I... We've all got to be more Gemma. Then I gave her a suggestion. I said, look, this obviously isn't for you, May I suggest that you F off so that you can spend more time looking, so that by not following me, you've got more time to look at important things. And she went, wow, that's how you speak to a member of the public? (laughs) And I wrote back, I'm a member of the public. I'm a member of the public. That's what I am as well. I posted a picture of me not feeling very well. What is wrong with that? Would you want more, more pictures of my, my bleached backside? Because you'll get some of that. I don't know if you can post it on it, so I haven't tried yet. But I, honestly, it, I mean, I, I, it didn't upset me. It didn't upset she me. She called you son. Did you hear that? She called me son. It, the, the, a lot of people are saying, oh, just ignore her um, and move on. It, it did not upset me at all. It made me, I blocked her, then I unblocked her almost immediately. Because I thought, oh, this is too much fun. This is too much fun. It made me laugh a lot just thinking what are you what are you doing on instagram of all of them instagram is just the most pointless and plastic and 
but uh, you know, but also it's about <laughs> it's about images. Yes, I muted the woman who suggested I might have a brain aneurysm. You mean the doctor? No, the woman. Okay. Who, who said my friend uh, was feeling like you were, and uh, he died. It was a brain aneurysm. So go and get it checked out, please. Muted. It wasn't. I didn't think it was quite a block. Didn't think it was quite a block worthy, but it was certainly a muting thing. Um, I don't know. Social media is, um, it, it makes me laugh at how people um, people react and, it, I don't know, it's a, it's a funny older thing. Let's talk to Anthony and then we're going to, well, we'll chat a bit more. Good evening, Anthony. Good evening, how are you? Hmm. Do you want to know? I do. Okay. How long you got? I've got as long as you need. Okay. I've got a headache, I've got a stiff neck, and my breathing is very shallow, and the top of my spine feels very tight. And this is because I'm anxious uh, being back uh, work. I still feel very, very depressed. Still haven't quite got this migraine out of my system. The migraine was brought about through stress, through uncertainty as to whether I'd have a job in, in, in two months or not. It's looking like that's a little bit safer, but still not 100%. You know, nothing's 100% until contracts have been signed. I'm feeling very, very down, and it's partly because I think I've let myself down and the showdown by this is supposed to be like a nice place where we can come and we can share and, and it can be safe and it can be friendly and, and i've let myself down recently before christmas anthony i'm glad you asked this before christmas i was very rude it was a joke but it was yeah. it was it was a joke that went too far and upset people i was very rude about two people i work with right i was very rude about julia hartley brewer and about mike graham okay it was a joke but it was a joke that went too far and it's been on my mind quite a bit and I would like to now officially, on air, apologise to both of them, Julia and Mike, for saying stuff that could be upsetting to you guys and could um, be damaging to you guys and could... Or, I went too far. I can say that, I think. I went too far and I feel bad that I did and I don't know if any upset was caused I don't know that for sure but if it was I apologize I'm better than that and I I I kind of sunk down so that's been on my mind um a little bit and it's been making me feel very upset and unsure about my job and also on the Wednesday last week my last show I did for a while I had um, I had an argument with James Whale, who I'm a fan of, and I would, I would go close to. I would go to say I'm a friend, and so I was anxious. I've not spoken to him since. I, I use the the you know the strongest swear in the world, Anthony. Yeah, the biggest one. I, I called him that. I called him the C. I called him a C. Several, oh, Ian. several times. He did something that upset me. Okay? okay, and so my point was valid. The way yeah. I said it, the way I said it was invalid. The way I said it was inappropriate. So I was nervous about coming in. Was he going to have a go at me? Was there going to be some more argy-bargy? So I was anxious about that. And I came into the studio as James's show finished. And I just kind of went up to him very quietly and very softly and said, Mate, I'm a big fan of yours. I was out of order last week. I, I was upset by what you said. But I should not have spoken to you in that disrespectful way. 
that was inappropriate. And do you know what, Anthony? He humbled me. He just looked at me and he winked so that no one else could see it. And he yeah. went, I'm sorry for what I said. I didn't realise it upset you so much. Don't worry about it. It's forgotten. That, Anthony, is class. That and, is... And, and it's, good you, it's good that you apologise as well. Yeah, yeah. And um, I've just realised who this is as well. And uh, so that's where I am. And I'm feeling insecure in my job. I'm feeling that I don't know if this is the job I want to do. But, Anthony, I've just worked out who you are. Yes, and who am I? You used to call me about 10, 12 years ago on LBC. 97.3. You made a very... You know, my friend Scott Balcony still talks about that moving tribute you played, you paid to Madeleine McCann. What was that, Ian? I don't remember it exactly. I'll text him and he'll remind me. But you paid a moving tribute to Madeleine McCann and um, Scott still talks about... How the devil are you, my friend? We haven't spoken for years. It's been a long time, Ian, isn't it? A long time. What's going on? Are you in prison? Do you need money? No, I'm out of prison now. I'm all good. Good lad. What's going on? Uh, Anthony, can you stay there? Can I come back to you after the news? Yeah, I'm sure, can you? We called you back, didn't we? Yes, we did. Anthony, stay there. What a thrill. Anthony was one of the most charming callers I ever had. A real regular caller ten years ago. And was a real charming young man. He's now significantly older, as we all are. I just, just as he said something, the, the voice clicked. I went... Gotcha. 0344 This is Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. There's a voice that keeps on calling me down the road. It's where I'll always be. Every stop I make, I make a new friend. Can't stay for long, just turn around and I'm gone again Maybe tomorrow I'll want to settle down Until tomorrow I'll just keep moving on Down this road that never seems to end When new adventure lies just around the bend So if you want to join me for a while Just grab your hand, come travel like that's old style Until tomorrow, the whole world is my home So if you want to join me for a while Just grab your hat and come travel like that's old style Maybe tomorrow, I want to settle down Until tomorrow, I'll just keep moving on
344-499-1000 is the phone number. A little bit later on, we'll play out the interview we did with Nicholas Parsons a while ago. Um, uh, but I'm thrilled. A, a, a guy used to call me years and years ago. He called me, Anthony, are you still in the Hoddesdon? I am. He said, I just remembered that. That just popped back. Um, what's been going on in the last ten years? Um, not much, Ian. Um, oh. Since Ask Anthony, um, it's been quite good. Um, uh, we did a I feature called Ask Anthony where people would phone up and ask you questions and stuff, didn't we? It was um, a free email, Ian. Um, it was the email, free questions to my email account. I get the best few questions and that was live on air. That on was every it. Show. Yeah, we go. There we go. Ask Anthony. That was... <laughs> Uh, it was good fun, Kieran, wasn't it? Yeah, it was fun, man. It was fun. It was, uh, yeah, good time. But you're telling me nothing has happened in the last ten years? Uh, be no, nothing. No, nothing has happened. I went to London. I got recognised three times by people from doing the show. Hey, flipping it, wowzers! And that's okay. But how come you've not called me for so long? Where have you been? What's been? Did you just not know where I went? Yes, basically. I was trying to find you here and there, and found you eventually. Outrageous. Outrageous. Well, I'm glad you found us, my friend. Here's the question that I would... This is a genuine question, and I'm going to put this out now, Anthony, and you can ask it, right? I'm a single man. I live alone. I've had a big clear-out, Anthony, of all my old pants and socks. They've all gone in the bin. All of them. All gone. And I've ordered new pants and new socks. That I've ordered the um, five-inch trunks from Gap. That's what I'm rocking at the moment, guys, right? Good, mate, good, mate. Good Thank mate. you. But here's the question, Anthony. How many pairs of pants and socks is it acceptable for a single man to have? Because before I had the clear out, I had like maybe 30, I just would buy pants, but not chuck them away unless they were really, really holy. So I might have had like 35, 40 pairs of pants and the same socks. But now I'm down to about nine pairs of pants yeah. and maybe 12 pairs of socks. Is, I don't, I ju is that a good number? I think you need a bit more in the room. I think, I think 25. Whoa! I've got a washing machine. Yeah. So I, so I, I, I can wash it. 25! I'm guessing around that. Depends how many times you use them. Well, I, well, I, I, now I'm, I tend mm. to use them once. Actually, saying that, uh, yesterday I was wearing the same oh. pants as I worn the day before. But I tend to use them once and then take them off. And, and then wash them again. Well, I put them in the laundry basket, yes. Uh, and I yeah, tend to yeah. wash... I tend to have, like, maybe... I'm, I tend to wash, like, one day a week. I'll do two, two or three loads. Yeah, that sounds fair enough, yeah. Yeah? All right. Okay. How many have you got? 25. I've actually got about 15... 15. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. I'll bear that in mind. Hey, Anthony, nice to talk to you again, my friend. We'll speak soon. Um, one more thing, Ian, before you go. Yeah? Do I owe you money? I'll make you for the advice as well from your listeners. Yeah, yo, don't, you don't want advice from um, those guys. They're losers. They, you want advice from me and Catherine. We're the winners. All right, you from YouTube. Basically, got into a relationship. Unfortunately, it's all ending now. Yeah. A uh, bit heartbroken, a bit low, a bit down, and just feel like... Not motivated, really, Ian. And um, mm. I don't know what to do is actually with myself. Well, here's the thing, because I've been feeling very... Un I'm sorry to hear that, Anthony. It's, it's, it's a Thank tough you. one. I've been, very, I've been feeling very demotivated recently, and um, uh, 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 all the stuff that would normally work for me, I've not been able to do. Going for a nice walk normally helps me. Meditation normally helps me. Um, okay. I've been playing video games. Video games oh, has yeah, been helping I me. 
PS3 as well. But you've got PS3? Yeah, PS3, uh, PS4. P- PS, PS5 is coming out this year, baby. I know, money, though, money, money. Money, steal it, steal it. Um, maybe we could do, um, and I'll thank him maybe one time again on the show, that'd be good. Yeah, maybe. I, t- I tend not to like going back. I like going oh, yeah, forward. I always, I always go forward, always go forward. Always yeah. go forward. Anthony, it's so nice to talk to you. Thank you very much indeed, and we'll speak again soon. There's a flash from the past. Funny, that just it just rang a little bell. Really nice lad, Anthony. Lad, and we're all we're all grown up. We're all old men. Um, how's the show going? Genuine question. This isn't me. It is me being insecure. Is this all right? Yes. Is this all right? Yes. Is this what people want? Uh, it's what this person wants. So crack on. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I felt so lousy last week. So lousy, partly because of the row with James. But I think that was. Um, I think that was a symptom, rather. Th- that than was a symptom, and. Um, I just don't know what's what at the moment. I don't know what's what. I um, took my son out. My son was eight last week, and I took him out Saturday. Never been for a KFC. So he really wanted to go for a KFC. I can do that. But I had the start of this migraine. So on the way there, I thought, I'm going to throw up. And the whole time I'm with him, with him, I'm trying not to throw up. And the head is just starting to pound. It's manageable, but it's just starting to pound. And... Um, I really wasn't particularly present for him. No, but you didn't throw up, so why don't you just count the um, Yeah, I, I felt a little bit... We went to Slough, and it's, Slough is... Slough has changed. Slough has, Slough has changed, man, from what it was when I was there. Um, in fact, I'm pick, we might, I, don't know, I don't think we're in on Friday. I don't know. I don't know if we're in on Friday, because it's Brexit Day, of course. It's when, when Brexit happens. Yeah. And... Um, we were asked if we wanted to do like a Brexit news show, and I said, ah, "Yeah, I did, do you know what? I don't. I could do with the money." I, I said, I, I, "I don't really because it's all hypothetical. Nothing. Ten fifty nine will be the same as one minute past eleven. It'll be the same. Nothing will actually happen. So we could do the same. We could do that Brexit show now, and it would be the same as it would be on Friday. It, it's all hypothetical. So I, so I said, look, if, if you really want a Brexit show, I, with respect, I suggest you get someone else in. I, I don't think you should do one. Personally, I don't think you should do one. I think we should offer people an alternative, and, and, but I get why you want to do one. I understand why you feel the need to do that. Um, but if that's what you want, I'm with respect... I'm going to say no. And actually, it comes at a good time if I'm not, you know, a little, little three-day week. I know people are dying, but it's a little three-day week, and that kind of is, is, a, is a nice, soft reintroduction to show. But I don't know if... So I don't know if we're in on Friday or not. It's not been confirmed one, one way or the other. But I am picking the boys up from school, so maybe we'll do the KFC then, and I will yeah. join them, because I want a zinger. Um, and my boy's going, mm, this is... This is really good, actually. It's even better than McDonald's because they don't really have much of that. It's it's what it used to be when I was a kid. It's a treat, you know. It's we go. We're lucky enough that we can do that as a treat, yeah. not as a necessity or um, anything. But there was a very drunk man came and said hello to me in the queue. Very sweary. What time was this? You sweary. This was at about two two o'clock Saturday afternoon. Right. Very very sweary. You were effing great in the effing job. He, luckily, he was mumbling so much that my son couldn't hear, and I said, gosh, that gentleman was sweary. Was he, what did he say? He said, he said the F word quite a few times. Uh, and I had, my, had it, my kid been able to hear it, I would have said, come on, dude, 
Come on. Hey, come on. Got young ears here. Come on. Just, whoa, back off. But Slough's, um, I've not been to Slough High Street for a long time, and it's not, I used to hang out in Slough High Street a lot. A lot. And uh, it's it's not great now. It's not great now. I think a lot of high streets are, are like that. Yeah. And I finally have got to the age now where I understand why people get um, nostalgic for what it used to look like. Because I went to Bedford yeah. a couple of months ago, before Christmas. I needed to go and do a little mission there. It's, it's where my nearest bank is now, miles away from where I live. So I went into Bedford and I parked where I used to park when I um, when I worked there. In fact, I didn't have a car then. I used to walk through. I used to get the train. Anyway, so I walked through from the car park and I walked past the shop where I used to work on a weekend. Yeah, closed. Closed. I mean, we weren't making any money back in the early nineties, but it seemed to always be there, and I quite enjoyed walking past. I went in there once and it was a bit much because it still smelt the same, but I quite liked seeing it. But to see it closed and shut up, but I he, um, had a little weep. But here's the thing. I get that. I can understand that. Here's the thing. We're doing, for slightly different reasons, but we're doing what our parents would have done in their 40s. Look back 25 years, 30 years ago and gone, ah, it's not the same. It was, no. it, was, it, it was, things were better then. But that's, and that's always the way it is. And, mm. and our kids will do the same thing as well. They will look back in their 30s, 40s and go, ah, but here's the not thing, the though. Same. It's not like they've changed the shop. The shops are empty. No, I know, but it's change. The high street, the world is changing. Shopping everything is different, is, yeah. Everything is changing in the same way that it changed for our parents from when they were kids to in their 30s, 40s, and the same for our grandparents. Everything is, you know, my dad used to talk about how he would... Um, uh, he'd go and he'd have to go and buy a block of ice and cycle it home. You know, a block of ice. They didn't have a free they had a pantry, and he put it in the pantry to keep the pantry cool. You know, yeah. it's, it, that was that was that was fifty years ago. Tell fifty-five what it years is. ago. It's a reminder that you're getting old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's happening, man. It's happening. Um, did we do that break? I'm so I'm so sorry, Uncle Albert, James, Alistair, Greg. In that order, this is Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Oh, 344-499-1000. Good evening, James. Good evening. Greetings and salutations to you both. Hey, James, what have, we, what have we got for us tonight? Well, I was going to go and say... Are you, on, are you on speakerphone? Come on, man, you're better than that. No, I'm definitely... You're on a headset. No, I'm not. You're not talking, no, you're not holding your phone and talking into it like a normal person. Uh, am I any better now? Yes, now that you're holding your phone and talking into it like a normal person. That's fair enough. Thank you. Busted. Busted, James. I... Busted. Busted. Guilty Don't try dark. and pull the wool over my eyes. Busted. Guilty. <laughs> Guilty. Go on, what you got? Um, I wanted to just say, you're sounding great. Oh, Honestly, you're hey. sounding great. Oh. Believe, believe in you. Honestly, believe in you, and I know, you know, it's been obviously massively tough, and, you know, we, we heard the argument, obviously, and stuff like that, but, you know, believe in you, I kind of, I do think they may, it sounds like maybe you need a medication review or something. I think you might be yeah. right, I think you might be right, yeah. and I was booked to see my doctor recently, and then I cancelled cool. it, I'm going to book something in, um, yeah. I am really considering whether this is the career I'm meant to be in as well, to be completely blunt mm -hmm. with you, James, so put it out there. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. And I think there's nothing wrong with that, you know, because, like, at different stages of life, like, 
for me, you know, I was kind of, you know, frontline paramedic and, you know, and I've had to, to make some decisions and, yeah. and that's okay. You know, that's okay. And as it happens, it does link beautifully because I worked in Slough and I was going to say Slough High Street. You're so right. It's just a sea of betting shops and chicken shops. It's it's got no soul anymore. When was well? I'm not sure that Slough High Street was ever the the, the, the home of soul. But when, when were you last there then? Oh, uh, well, probably about three months ago. Yeah, yeah. it is yeah. something about it. It just it looked like um, it looked like the Wild West. It, it, yeah. You know, I, I kind of expected, because they've pedestrianised a lot more of it than there was before, and I kind of expected, um, you know, some tumbleweed to blow down. It was grim. It was grim. Yeah. And I liked Slough. I, I grew up in Slough. I had some great, great times in Slough. So this, I'm not one of those people going, oh, Slough's a, Slough's a dump. I, no, I, I, no. Had, I had some great times in Slough. Um, but, yeah, at the weekend I was there and I just thought, oh, this is, yeah. this is bleak, man. And not nice when you get like a swearing person around the kids as well. No, that's not nice. And had it been, a, had he been a little bit more erudite, I would have um, pulled him up on it. But I, I kind of knew yeah. that my kid couldn't hear it. My boy would have found it funny. He likes, a, he likes a good swear. James, how many pairs of pants and socks should a single man have? I think, I think you've got to have at least a week's worth. You've got to have at least seven. You've got to have a week's worth. You've got to have a week's worth, but then there's always the pants which are comfortable and you love, but then they've got the holes in. I've never gone. One, one hole is fine, but it's like when you get the really big one at the front and then you just get kind of a, you know, testy fallout. It's not good. Okay. Uh, oh, they've all gone. They've all... Here's the thing, James. Right? Here's yeah. the thing. I'm going to say this. We can have this conversation in front of Catherine, right? There's so many sexy pants for women, right? So many. Oh, yeah, totally. Too many. Yeah, yeah. You go to yeah. Agent Provocateur. Blimey. Victoria oh, someone, Someone's going to spend money. Eating well, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm going in there just yeah. to have a little look through the window. Spending a lot of money on not an awful lot. Not spending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Vic, Victoria's Secrets, um, and some. There's all these, like, sexy pants for women, right? Mm, mm, mm. There's nothing for men. What the thing is, say, but we don't look sexy in pants. There's only one man that's ever looked sexy in pants, and that's David Beckham. You know, they're, they're I thought you were say David Gandhi. David Gandhi. Oh, David Gandhi. I forgot about him. Oh, James. How could oh. you? Beautiful. Beautiful. <sighs> it's worth going to a Marks and Spencer's for. But, but this got, but, but why? Our, our, our genitals and yeah. our bottoms are just as appealing to people as women's genitals and bottoms are, to other people. Do, 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 I don't understand. It doesn't seem fair. Do, that, do you think there could be a market, could there be a market out there for lacy kind of wife fronts? So, you know, so someone mm. that rather than having to, you know, go buy women's underwear, it's still going to be, you know, practical. Male lingerie. Male exactly. lingerie. Now, why not? We're joking slightly, but why not? Mm. Because 20 years ago... If you were a bloke that moisturised, you, oh, you were gay. You were gay. Oh, in God, the no, not even that. Deodorant. My granddad would never wear deodorant. Well, de deodorant, I mean, yeah, 20 years ago you'd have worn it, but but you would have been right. looked as being a bit of a woofter. No, you know, and that was kind of the terminology my, that was my, used. My when I told my, grand my grandfather that, uh, that I'd uh, gotten uh, moisturiser, he suggested I was under, I quote, a Nancy boy. There you yeah, go, exactly. You go. It's why I'm saying woofter and gay in that way, because that's exactly the terminology that would have been used. And you'd see, you know, it, 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 there was nothing. Even, even moisturising after having a shave, it was like, well, come on, come on. 
But now, this, this, the, the men's, the, the, you know, toiletries section makes billions. Makes Male billions. grooming, yeah. Male grooming. And it's kind of been invented. It's all been invented, really. It's kind of been invented. So male lingerie, that's got to be, if not the next step, one of the next steps, hasn't it? I, I think it would definitely be a market. I think I think you've got to ask out there. You know, who would buy it? I don't know. Take it to um, the dragons, man. Take it to the dragons. Take it to the dragons. I mean, you know, you could even... Oh, I don't know. It could... Yeah, it could work. And maybe you could, like, sort of have... Maybe for Babcock, you could have a sort of Henry Hoover picture on it or something, aren't they? Yeah. James, thank you very much indeed. Always a pleasure. Don't... He, he, tried, to, he tried to pretend he wasn't <clears throat> on speaker or headset. And he thought, no, 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 no. So talk in the phone normally. Oh, I'm talking. Oh, hang on. Oh, yeah, is that better? Is this better? The idiot. Yes, of course it's better. Good evening, Alistair. Oh, evening, guys. What you got for um, us? Now, oh? I've got a little, little quick message for that woman who uh, said that comment to you about your photo. Oh, yes, that people are dying. Does she, yeah. <laughs> doesn't she realise that the universe is on the way out? Whoa. Anyway. Oh, this is good. You know, eventually. Man. <laughs> we're all dying. We're all dying, baby. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, the reason I was ringing, and Ian, please tell me to jog on because yes. I'm sure you probably get too much advice from yes. people on Twitter and stuff. Mm. But have you tried um, aromatherapy? Um, well, I haven't as much that Kath bought me a very nice lavender spray to spray on my pillows that helps me sleep. And I've been using that, although I've been sleeping terribly. This whole week I've been off. Oh, Awful. I've noticed something. Gail Porter was talking about it, because you know she has terrible trouble sleeping. Yes, 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 yes. Weighted blankets are the way forward, apparently. Oh. They kind of, they're just heavy enough to sort mm. of close around you so that you're kind of swaddled. swaddled. Now, I quite fancy one, but then I looked at the prices. Yeah, oh, my. I, I don't fancy that, because I like to be able to move my, my duvet and put them between my legs. Mm. I, I like things between my knees. And also, my cat, I, I will have a minimum of two, probably three cats sat on me. So I've, I'm already... You don't need it weighted, I'm right. I'm already weighted. Um, I, aromatherapy, in terms of a cure, we smell to get well. It, it doesn't quite appeal. I like <clears throat> my house smelling nice. Mm. I'm not suggesting it as a cure, but just alongside what you already do. Well, I'm, I've got yeah. some nice smelling candles, and I like that. The, the actual application of, I mean, obviously it's massaged into your whole body, oh. the, uh, the oil, and it's a place usually where the aromatherapist it's a nice room with ghost candles and stuff, yeah. and you can completely relax. And no. um, um, I did, I did have it when I had a bad back many years ago, yeah. and it, it did help. So um, anyway, it's okay. just a suggestion. Well, I, li- I, t- I do like a nice, and I've not had one for a while, and I might treat myself a nice Thai massage done by a professional yeah. Thai massagist. There's, so it's a little treat. I've not had one for a while. I'm a little bit stiff in the neck and the back, and that my... Um, Kath, it, here's the thing. Catherine's just smirked. Massages don't have to be sexual. No. When I lived right. in Windsor, there was a great place around the corner that I would go to. It was, it was a, I think it was 60 quid for an hour. and I, you know, it, was, it was well worth doing once every two or three months. So, no, I will not be getting a rub and tug. 
I didn't say a thing. You smirked and then you looked at your computer. You... It's just the way you were, um, like, I don't know. It's just the way you were... Well, you know, it was you know, the way you was limbering up, Alistair, if I'm going to be honest. You know, Alistair, when I, I've mentioned this before, when I go and have a massage, I, I make involuntary noises because it's very releasing and freeing. But yeah. then I have to then couch that involuntary noise because it'd be like some... Oh, oh, my God. Oh. Well, I was having a massage in um, New Zealand. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, I think it was a Thai massage, I can't remember, but something like that. And um, did the massage, and then at the end, the um, lady said to me, look, you need to be able to um, accept people touching you. Oh. And I said, chance would be a fine thing. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> uh, I always have to, I always have, when I'm making those noises, because they're involuntary. So I'll be, oh, I'm really enjoying this massage. Oh, gosh, have you been doing this for a long time? So you do your own subtitles? I do, I do it, yeah, I do. <laughs> so, Alistair, thank you, mate, I appreciate it. Let's go to Richard. Good evening, Richard. Good evening, Ian. Greetings. Peace and love, Richard. What have you got for us? Peace and love. I bring good news to you. Go on. My wife thinks you look like Michael Bublé, but 12 years older. 12 years? Hang on a minute. All right, hang on a minute. Let me get my... That's an number, isn't it? Yeah, hang on a minute. Let's get this Michael Buble. Let me get... Let me remind myself of the Buble. Right, okay. Buble, yeah. Okay, Buble. right, so there he is. Is there a website, Catherine? Could you look for this while I talk to my good friend Richard? A website that will age celebrities 12 years, specifically Michael Buble. There must be. The fact I've thought of it means that someone else has thought of it and has built... I've got a picture of Buble there, right, and I can, I can see what... She means, but I would like to see. I would like. Gosh, to, actually. Yeah, I would like to see him twelve years older. There. Yeah. Now that's a picture. That's a picture of me, Catherine. She's right. That's a picture of me. And she thought that was Buble. No, I did a joke. Um. I oh, I see. So, so, uh, Richard, um, are you saying that? Um, uh, can I make love to your wife? Let's just jump to the chase. Well. Oh. Uh, it would be an outrageous request. <laughs> but? So that would be an outrageous request. But you kind of started it. I've never seen it. a photo of you until uh, tonight. She said, can I see a picture of him? I brought it up on the internet. Yeah. Lo and behold, she's saying it's Michael Buble. Does she like Michael Buble? Is Michael Buble her um, celebrity that she's allowed to <laughs> with? Well, I... That's more Windsor Davis. Oh, shut the front door, Richard. How dare you? You lovely boy. Well, uh, yeah, she's fond of Bublé. Okay, beautiful. Richard, thank you very much for you uh, leaving us your details, and we'll sort that out. Let's go to Greg. Good evening, Greg. Hello, Ian and Catherine. That's it. Well done. What have you got? Uh, depends what you want. Do you want a quick one or a very long, drawn-out one? Let's have a quick one. Uh, where would you find a, a proper question? Oh. Don't cut me off. Well, I'll be the judge of who gets okay. cut off. Where would you find a weenus? I'm thinking of Prince Andrew, and I don't know why. <laughs> a weenus. Yes. I uh, can give you some clues. Okay, give us some clues. Go on. Um, you've got a weenus, and Catherine's got a weenus. Mmm. A weenus. Catherine, any... Any ideas? Is it a great big hot dog? Like a wiener? Is it no, a great big not, hot dog? No, it's not a hot dog. Okay. Well, but, I'll give you more, please. You can just give us the answer. 
Uh, a weenus is actually the slang name for the flap of skin on your elbow. I've got a flap okay. of skin on my elbow. You know, the flap, the... The elbow. Bit on the, your elbow. The what? The loose bit of skin on your elbow. I haven't got a loose bit of skin on my elbow. You must have. No, I haven't. Have you okay. got any, Sam, have you, have you got any? How loose is your elbow? Oh, Sam has a very elastic skin. No, he's How are you got doing a that? He's got a weenus. I haven't got a weenus. Kathleen, have you got a weenus? I don't think so. Don't pull that sleeve up. You're going to ruin that sleeve. You've stretched that sleeve now. It's a skin. Not really. Well, who, 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 what slang? That would imply that the um, kids are out there talking about weenie. Who, 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 who's, who's talking about weenuses? I just heard it on a podcast ooh, a couple of months ago. Oh, okay. Just... We need, to... okay, back but up. I googled it and it's true. You Brand spend. Name for a bit of skin on your elbow you a spend too much time on that Google. Um, well, and podcasts. I, it, yeah. I need to get some new. Um, I need to get some new podcasts. I'm bored of this Beatles one I'm listening to. There's too much um, music on it. Oh, I could recommend if you like phone pranks. No, nope. no. Nope. Okay. Um, this is the thing. I'm very, very particular. Right. I'm listening to a Beatles one, but it's actually it's really boring me now because they just keep playing. I had to sit through the entire Ringo Starr country album. It's like, geez, God, God's sakes. Um, so uh, 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 the gaming one I listen to, I, they just do one a week and I cane it. Um, the, the the clones cast hasn't done one for ages. Oh, I know. Um, so I'm, I'm I need a good pocket. I don't want murders. Um. Retro Asylum, but they do about once a month. Yeah, I mean, I, I tried that. Yeah. It wasn't quite Mac my comfort. I just, well, I just need, I just need some. All I want is someone who's doing something great that I would like to listen to. That's it. Ah, the makers of Tara and George are doing a new one. <sighs> no, you want something? Well, I want something a bit too real. It's it's a bit too real, a bit too heavy. Okay. She's brilliant, by the way. We'll, we'll, we'll get her on. I can't remember her name. We'll get her on to talk about it, because even though I don't think she liked me, but she liked you. She did like did you. She? I thought she was great. And that Tara and George is just wonderful. But um, I want something that there's like a, a, a hundred episodes already in the back catalogue. Yeah. And I want it to be good. I want it to be something that I can, that's about an hour and a quarter, so it fills up my drive to work. And, it's, and, it, and at the end of it, I'm going, ooh, fancy another one of them straight away. That's all I want, Greg. That's all I want. Yeah, sounds good. Oh, you haven't got any suggestions. I thought you might, Dan. Audrey Gillen. Thank you. Yes, thank you very much. I can never... Sh- Sh- Sharon. Okay, first thing I want to say is Greg's wrong. We don't call the flap of skin on our elbow penis. Okay. I have to say something to you. Yeah? You've got to stop phoning us this late. Because I'll get in trouble. You'll get in trouble. Kind of related to what I'm calling. Okay, well, and I'm not telling you off, and I'm not saying don't call. I'm just going to say what I said to our friend Thomas. If you're going to call, it's got to be before half past ten. Is that is that okay? Okay, yeah. Go on. Now tell us what you were going to say. I just want to say thanks, I guess, because last week when you said that to me, I kind of noticed some things about myself. Go on. Google, I was kind of sluggish and lazy i couldn't go to sleep at night i was forgetting things and i talked about it to my parents and stuff and it turns out i have insomnia okay so i think i just wanted to say thanks for that because you kind of helped me out to i'm gonna work. i'm gonna kill you right let me kill you don't phone me after half past ten do not 
have your phone in your bedroom. <gasps> How does that make you feel? Not that much different. Good, good. Even if you say that, I'm probably going to end up doing it anyway. Good, good. Do it from tomorrow. Do it, do it from now. Put your phone downstairs. Do not have your phone in your bedroom. Now, you're at the age, what are you, 13? You're at the age where you can make... Um, uh, life-changing decisions that will have an actual impact. Too late for me, I'm going to die. Uh, you're going to live forever. Have your phone out of your bedroom. You do not need it. Okay. Okay? Yeah, that was it, basically. Yeah. Hey, nice one. Call again. Please call again, but do it before half past ten. Okay. All right, nice one. Take care. This is Talk Radio. Late Night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. Um, uh, um, okay, let's go to Pete. Hello. Hello, Pete. Right, uh, it's an update really on me. Go on. I rang you up a few times over the past couple of years. I'm the transgender one. Oh, yes, the, the, ah, it's the transgender yeah. one. I, I have to narrow it down a smidgen, one. but I do. Of course we remember you, Pete, because you had a really supportive family. Yes, that's it. Well, it's been a long time now, and how things have changed. Uh-oh. Now for the best. Hey! <laughs> this guy's like, uh, can we throw some obstacles in this guy's way? Because everything seems to be going too smoothly for Pete. God damn it. No, there is a few negative bits at the moment. But, go on, I'll uh, shut up. You tell us what's happening. I will go way back. Uh, well, basically, I was DJing on a holiday park, and I was starting to live more female, and then all of a sudden, in uh, November, they decided to sack me. Oh. With no reason at all. Hmm. Mm. So, yeah. That, that, that was the end of that, and then I thought... I have to get myself together now. I need to decide what I'm going to do. So, I already had a girlfriend then, and I moved in with her. And I now live full-time as a woman. Uh, I play women's football. I've joined the WI. I've got lots of friends. Uh, and recently, I've just got a full-time job, not as a DJ anymore, of totally changed and I'm going to get a job as a support worker in mental health as a woman so it's all changing for the better for me at the moment the whole the past six months to a year has been absolutely amazing I'm I'm thrilled to hear that can I ask you a question because yeah. I am a I'm a big supporter of trans rights okay yeah but there are some bits I can't quite get my head around okay and I'm not speaking to you as a spokesperson for trans women. I'm speaking to yeah. you as, as Pete, who's, who's phoned us up and, and phones so us up and Pippa talks to us sometimes. So what you? <laughs> what's what your name now, Pippa? Pippa, yeah. Pippa, change, change, change it to Pippa. Thank you for that, Pippa. Thank you. Um, so I'm speaking to you as Pippa, right? I'm not speaking to yeah. you as the voice on all trans women, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't get how how you playing women's football. I'm just going to say it how I feel it, and yeah, I'm really sorry yeah. if I offend anybody, but this is just the question that's in my head. I don't get how you playing football, women's football, is fair. Do you know what right. I mean? Yes, well, there is... I, well, the way it's worked, I, I broke my ankle years ago, 
and I, I played walking football with men. Uh, and it got to the stage last year where I thought, if I'm going to be a woman full time, it's not fair for me to say, well, play football with the women one day and say to them, oh, I'm playing with the fellas tomorrow. Mm. Because that's not who I am anymore. I'm not allowed to play competitively. Hang that's on, isn't allowed. all football competitively? Would you mean like in a league or something? Yeah, I'm right. not allowed right. to play in a league. Okay. Uh, I play socially. So basically, okay. It, okay. as long as no okay. one else in the team has a problem with it, it's, it's all groovy. Yeah. And they don't have a problem with me. Okay, well then that's fair enough. Friends, and they're probably harder than me, to tell you the truth. <laughs> well, yeah, I get that. Okay, fair enough. If it's not competitive, I get that. Um, yeah. It's one of the things that I... The sports aspect, and competitive sports aspect, is one of the things I'm still trying, and I am trying, to get my head around and no, I get it totally. I, I agree, I, with I, and I want to understand it. I want to. I want understanding. I want to be able to. You know, I don't have an opinion on it either way at the moment. I feel it feels a little bit unfair, but I I, this is why is. I'm having these conversations is so that I can get to some point of understanding. Instead of uh, uh, Pippa, instead of being one of those presenters that goes, "Well, this is outrageous that this this woman has male genitals and is playing." For, I don't. I don't want to go down that because that doesn't help anybody. I just want to understand. No, I get you totally, and I agree with you. Uh, when I did, I did email the FA first about it, and they said, until you are officially on hormones and stuff like that, right. then you can't play competitively. And I said to her, I totally agree. Okay, all right, nice I one. totally agree with that. But, it's, uh, but on the other hand, I do play mixed football as well. And I'll tell you what, it's so funny that the men don't go in hard on you. Thank your pardon. Really Sorry, funny. but what, what, what was I, that? I, 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 Steady. A bit of a Freudian slip, there, isn't it? <laughs> um, why did you? Why do you reckon you got the sack? Big, uh, the bigotry, bit of transphobia. Uh, that's what I think, but they didn't word it that way. I remember when you it were going bad. for that job. You said to me, you said to both of us that you were feeling like maybe you'd have to butch up. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm going to play devil's advocate because no one else will. Maybe you're a crap DJ. I, I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that is it. We don't know, Pippa. We don't have the ev. Well, all I can say is there was a lot of complaints when I got sacked. Okay, good. And the place went downhill quite quickly. Good, good. It's, uh, the but, complaints when one gets sacked. Trust me, I've been there. Are really, really nice. Yeah. But they don't they don't pay the bills, do they? No, they don't. <laughs> they don't no. pay the bills. And I think, oh, maybe I was right. People are supporting me. I can't feed my children. It, you know, no. it's, 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 uh, I'd rather have the job. But, um. Yeah, tell me about it. Um, <laughs> and, and you're in love and everything's all right. Yeah, everything's good. My kids are absolutely fantastic. Uh, and I'm waiting for my youngest to finish his GCSEs in July. And then on the 1st of August, I'm coming out publicly. Do you mean, how, how more publicly can you be? You've already come out on a very niche, cult, hardly listened to yet award-winning radio show. I know, I am worried about that. <laughs> so <laughs> what do you mean come out publicly? What are you going to do? Uh, well, I've got friends on Facebook and stuff like that that... Don't know. I do need to change that profile Ooh, to, from male to female. Beautiful. But, like I said, while my lad's still in school... 
I don't want to rock the boat. You know what kids can be like. What do you reckon? Most people will be all right. A few will yeah. unfriend you. Yeah, yeah. And a few will give me abuse. Oh, do you reckon you'll get abuse for it as well? Yeah, my daughter's waiting for them. All right. Oh, I bet she is. Yeah. That's my dad you're talking about. I'll give you a clip round the bloody ear, you piece of trash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she looks after me. <laughs> um, you're, uh, we're all, uh, we're all on an adventure. Uh, this, this journey of life is an adventure and, and, and is an some adventure, is more colourful, some is more, some are more colourful than others and yours at the moment is, is particularly colourful. I hope it settles down and, um, becomes more peaceful, but, but I'm, I'm really pleased for you, Pippa. I'm, I, I really enjoy these little updates, so thank you. Yeah. Well, hopefully I'll be starting my job very, very soon, but I've been waiting on a DBS check forever. Yeah. Right doing my head in i just want to start and it's just like that's what's depressing me at the moment it's just like i'm all set to start yeah. everything's in place and i've self-employed money is dwindling away i've got about four weeks left of money and then if i haven't started work i'm in trouble i reckon it'll be nothing. all right i reckon it'll be I all right it'll be so everything's moving in the right direction yeah, but it's it's that waiting game, isn't it? When yeah. you when you yeah. see your bank balance going down and down, yeah. and nothing's coming in, and it's like, oh god, that's what depresses me at the moment. Mm. Not who there, I people. am let, or anything. Let, let us know um, when you get that job and when money starts coming in. I will do. I'll keep you updated. Take care. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Pippa. See you soon. Bye. Uh, well, it's this constant positivity. There's an example of em embracing your authentic self. Paul, you're next. This is Talk Radio. Late Night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Tomorrow, 1.30, I'm going to be streaming on my new PC. Why 1.30? Because it didn't come with a keyboard. So I'm getting one delivered before 1. Um, I also bought a little... You know the chest of drawers you get in offices that go under desks? I bought one of them. You mean like a, a tiny filing cabinet? Mm, yeah, bought one of them. Good. Broke We're going to put... Broke it. Why? How? Well, was, you have to put the wheels on. Uh-huh. And I think I broke the bottom drawer. The bottom drawer doesn't shut properly now. Dafty. Dafty. But I was more excited about that. I got a new PC. I was more excited about that than a new PC. Bought, bought a PC screen that's too big. But the PC's great. It lights up. Oh. Lights up. Does that make it work better? Yeah, faster. It had two HDMI sockets. I couldn't get one to work. So I, I phoned up the, uh, the technical guy. I said, I can't get these HDMI. He said, oh, no, that first one is, that one won't work. That's the motherboard. Uh, of course it is. If yeah. you look carefully, you'll see some little black clips. If you pull those black clips out, you've got more HDMI sockets. <laughs> two screens! Two screens! Two screens! Tomorrow. I'm guessing I can just turn it on and there won't be any updates. So tomorrow, one <laughs> thirty. I will be streaming live from my brand new PC. And we're going to start by watching an old 11 o'clock show. So I'm going to do that. That'd be good. Will we see that or will we see a man struggling with some new equipment? Uh, you're going to see it. It's you promise much, him? It's pretty much all set up. I mean, I, 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 it's pretty much all set up. Did I you get an instruction book? No. What? You got to, they, they assume you're going to know it all. Gosh. They seem to get no. They know I don't it's know. for you, right? Haven't you to pick that? Sorry? They know it's for you. Yeah, um, mm, see what we did there. Um, so I need another HDMI cable, which is coming tomorrow, a keyboard, which is coming tomorrow. Then I've got to turn it up, turn it on. <laughs> and then I've got to download some, some progs, progs programs, we call yeah. them. 
and uh, stream. Streaming the night away, whoa, streaming the night away, whoa, cannot, I haven't used a PC, I've had, Max, I was still at LBC, still living in the flat in London before we had a baby, using Max for 15 years. Gosh, you must be tired. It doesn't even make sense. I know. Um, so I am very, very excited to get back to PC. Here's something. PC stands for personal computer. So I'm learning as I go along. Oh, I'm learning. Oh, right, that, that was it, was I'm it? I'm learning as I go along. Gosh. It's a real learning... And that's without a manual. Mm? Gosh. Mm? Yeah, it's a real learning curve for me. It's a great journey, and I want to invite you, dear listener, to come on the journey Happy with me. Happy times. Join me on Twitch tomorrow at 1.30. I'm going to stream my ass off. Not literally, that's against the terms TOS. Let's go to uh, Paul, and we're going to treat Paul... Uh, with kid gloves. Do you know why that is, Catherine? Because he is a special one. No, because he's in Care Philly. Oh. You like that, Paul, don't you? You've not heard that yeah. one before. You've heard some. <laughs> You've heard many. You've not heard that one before, have you? That's not a bad one, man. That's one of the better ones. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Oh. Ah, at last, someone who recognises my comedic <laughs> talent. Here's the thing about Paul. He is kind. Someone that... I'm really... I'm tempted to tell the Arias... To shove their award where the sun don't shine. Why? Because they've they've been nominated for two awards: best speech broadcaster of the year and radio moment of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, all because we saved a guy's life. Um, and yet, some of my funniest stuff does not get the recognition oh. it deserves. But so you don't um, value their judgment? No, I think oh. their judgment is wrong. They are wrong. They should be giving me those awards. For the funny stuff I do, the, care, the kid gloves thing, he's in Carefully. Carefully, for those who don't get it, sounds like Carefully. Yeah, radio moment of the year right there. Well, maybe we can enter it for next year. I'll take this bit out. Boom. Put this bit in, because sometimes, sometimes, Catherine, it takes a small man to speak truth to power. Ian, the trouble is, man, it, it, it doesn't quite work if you're from Carefully. Because we don't say Carefully. Well, I'm not, I'm not from there, so... No. And with the greatest of respect, I don't care what you think. <gasps> Some crappy little town that no one's heard of. Well, Everyone takes the mick out of. Who cares? Stop the tape. Stop the tape. Move over. Move over. Get... Paul, for God's sakes, it's not all about you. You know that people are dying in the world, right? Oh, that is true. My apologies. It's not all about you, Paul. Put the ego down. What can we do for... <laughs> for people actually phone this show? Wow. What can we do for you tonight, Paul? Well, firstly, man, it's, it's nice to hear you back. It's Thank really, you. really cool. Like, I love listening to you on your own, love listening to Catherine on her own, and she was awesome the last She's few days. Brilliant, well. One she? call yesterday as well. Oh, my God. But together, you're the best. Like, you know... Kathy's fab, and Kathy, Kathy, I didn't listen when I was away, because I just couldn't. But I saw everyone saying nice things about her, and I thought, I'm going to kill her. (laughs) (laughs) And he's tried. She knows the rules. (laughs) When I'm away, Kath does a rubbish show. She knows the rules. She broke the rules. (laughs) I tried so hard, boss, Uh, I really did. Kath is is my favourite. I I don't know why she hasn't got her own show. I do. It's the patriarchy. She's she's good, man. She's good. She's good. I was saying this, isn't she? On Twitter, um, why is Catherine not verified? Why has she not got this blue tick? Oh. oh I mean, oh. like, the show has got one. You've got one. And I had a look, and they, um, is his name Zizi? You know, the French rapper. Uh, it's pronounced Zay Zay, actually. Uh, Please, uh, thank you. 
Well, Zizi's got one. He's only got about like you know, hundred followers or something. Yeah, but he's, he's I, okay. He's a poet. He's he's this gentleman. He is the the, the poet everyone thinks Stormzy is. Um, but Kat, you touched a real sore point. Are you Paul Yandel? Yes. Yes, man. When we've spoken in the past, did I know that you were Paul Yandel? Um, I, I, maybe, no. I don't know. No. I, I did. I didn't. Did not expect you... Thank you for those pictures, by the way. I did not expect... What? He sent me some... Oh, yeah, yeah, some, yeah. Shh, shh, shh. say. <laughs> he sent me some pictures uh, for my Twitch channel of oh. the Times without, without any spelling mistakes. Okay. Um... Uh, I did... Well, I, okay, well, there you go. It's all, it's all good. You've touched on a very sore subject... Paul, Catherine will pretend she isn't. <laughs> she is very, very bitter about her lack of blue tick. And before anyone says, I know it's the white tick in the blue circle, but she gets very, very bitter. And every now and then, I'll get, a, I'll get a WhatsApp going. Well, such and such has got a blue tick. It's true. Oh, bloody hell it day. seems to be about how much you can tell. It's been bullshine because I've applied a couple of times. They stopped, didn't they, for a while? I don't know whether they've resumed quietly again. Well, I think they've stopped for public ones. But you, you know, you're not a member of us ordinary folk. Right, <laughs> you know, I am. You're That's not a scum like Paul. Get, get your agent to do it. Ah. Uh. Got to get it done. Agents are supposed to be getting jobs. Well, well, again, um, <laughs> if you want a blue tick, honey, honey pie, yeah, I'll get you one. Really? But you've got to pay me a hundred and fifty pounds. Oh, I'm like those hooky websites that when you apply for a passport, and even though it's like only cost fifteen quid, I pop up before the official one, <laughs> and I pretend to be the official one, and it's 200 quid. Yeah, okay. 150 quid, but I'll get you a blue tick. Will it be a real tick. blue tick, or are you going to make me, like, no. some sort of emoji? No, I will, I will shame Jack et al. <laughs> I will shame the whole Twitter fraternity, yeah. the twitter eternity, and man. I will get you a blue tick, but I want 150 pounds before I, before I do. Oh, I haven't got 150 pounds. It's, you haven't ta got a blue it's tax tick. month. You haven't got a blue tick? I right. wonder sometimes whether it's because, well, one, I'm not special. Two, um, my real name is not the name I'm under on Twitter. Her real name is Sandra Boyle. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, Surely his name's not Zizi as well. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, there's a point. There's a point. Uh, I just don't think yeah. they like me. Mm. You need one, Kat. You, it's, it's a tough act. It's a tough act. I think I might have been diverted straight to junk mail. I. We'll get you. Okay. Well, th here's the thing. I don't want to start a campaign. Why? Because I'm starting. An I want to start another campaign for what? I for me to be in an Adam Sandler film. Okay. And I. This is true. I've watched. So I've watched. I've only got one more Adam Sandler film to watch on Netflix. This is. This is how many. And I've then done. you've got to be in one. Um. Well, this would help though if you've got someone else with a blue tick applying pressure to Adam Sandler. I've got a blue tick. Yeah, but I, if I have one as well... I don't want to apply... It's not about applying pressure to Mr. Sandler, who I believe is 52 years old and a Republican. Oh, it's, gosh. Yeah, I know. That surprised me. Do you want to be in his films or are you trying to yeah, get in his life? I want to be in his films. I want to be in his films. And this is my problem, Paul. If we start a campaign to get Catherine a blue tick, that will dilute the energy... Oh. behind my campaign, and it's a genuine campaign, to get me in an Adam Sandler movie. Catherine, do you know what I think it is? What? I think if you get a blue tick first, then... Well, if you get a blue tick, you might be in an Adam Sandler movie first. Oh, that's Paul, Paul, Paul just dropped a clanger and then picked it up. If you get a blue tick first... I've got a blue tick, mate. I got a blue tick first. No, I was on before a, you're in the I film. I know what he means, but that's not what he said. 
I've had a blue tick for many, many years. I was one of the first to get a blue tick. I... Well, white tick in a blue circle. Yeah, I said that! You're cut you off. Don't. He's cut off. Cut him off. He's getting on my nerves. Get some, I'm going to block him. Report him. going to get his Twitter account closed down for anti-Semitism. What? Oh, don't you worry. I've got my ways. Um, I can get you a blue tick, but... I don't, I don't like your bargains. No, but I really... This campaign, and this is a genuine campaign, dear listener, that we need. I need your help with. I had a premonition that I would be in an Adam Sandler... I've, I've watched so many Adam Sandler films that now, when I dream, I'm Adam Sandler in the films. It's insane. Just any time anybody says anything... Right, so, um, right, so you're in my dream, right? Yeah. So you're in my dream. Mm-hmm. All right, just just say something to me, and this is how I react in my dream now. Okay, do you want do you want another coffee? <laughs> That's how I react. I take a step back, I look down, and I laugh, and then look back up. That's what he does. Loving it, loving it. So I want to be in his films now, now. Help me. I tell you after the news because this isn't the thing is right. This isn't just a fantasy. Oh. No. It's not just a fantasy. I'm actually... Well, well, no. Turns out... You're supposed to be together. I'm actually very good friends with two people that have starred in Adam Sandler movies. Oh, suddenly this whole story is blown up. Define very good friends. I will do that after the news. Oh, three, four... If you can sort out Kath getting a blue tick quickly... Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. If you can help me get in an Adam Sandler movie, <laughs> Luke Haynes has tweeted. Bit of perspective here. I am Luke Haynes. Luke effing Haynes. No blue tick. God help us if there is a war. Um, it, it is reserved. For the higher echelons of celebrity, and I don't want to, I don't want to rub this in everyone's face, but two words: pig's vagina. Okay. Are you not? You're not talking about me. Oh God, no, 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 God, no. Oh God, no. I ate this one. This is Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. why you can't trust people. Paul thinks he's being so helpful. My Adam Sandler, to be in an Adam Sandler movie. So he's tweeting. He's tweeting someone called Adam Sampson. Who the hell is that? He's a global head of At Fast FT, the Financial Times. He's into cheese and bread. He's he's tweeted Adam Sampson and Adam Sanders. I mean, what? Jeez, leave it to Beaver, please, guys. So, here's... Mm -mm 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 -mm. 
bum bum bum. Uh, and that is, speaking of Luke Haynes, that is the new single from Luke Haynes. He's done a whole concept album of um, TV themes from the 70s and 80s, um, uh, all in different uh, styles using different instrumentation, and it really is an absolute joy. I was going to say it's a brave departure, but actually it isn't. It's totally... Totally Luke Haynes, isn't it? Yeah, his version of Monkey Magic on the jaw harp is, mm -hmm. uh, it shouldn't work. I don't know if it does, but he did it. Crossroads Motel, my goodness. There we go, exactly. Exactly, played on the stylophone. So thank you, to, for, uh, Luke, best of luck with that. So, I want to be in an Adam Sanders movie. This isn't uh, even a joke, this is a thing now. This is a thing, this is my, this is my next big project. I am very good friends. I was watching one of the films, I don't remember the name, is one of the ones with Jennifer Aniston. It turns out the pairing Sanders and Aniston is the greatest. Sanders, Sanders is it now? S Sandler. It's, see, Paul, you've totally screwed me up. I think he calls himself the Sandman. Sandler and Aniston, the greatest double act since Hoffman and Beatty in Ishtar. Have you seen Ishtar? No. You're too young to remember Ishtar, aren't you? Mm hmm one of the biggest flops ever. One of the biggest flops ever. It's a comedy. Uh, um, Beatty and Hoffman, 1982, I'm going to say, they were at the peak of their powers, and it was a huge flop. A weird comedy. They play songwriters who get caught up in an espionage thing. Here's the thing, right? I bought it about 15 years ago. The first 20 minutes is hilarious. This is how I remember it. I've not seen it for years. First 20 minutes is hilarious. I remember thinking, God, this, this did terribly. Why did this do so badly? And then after that, it is flipping awful. It just... But the first 20 minutes, I was... I, I couldn't stop laughing. That's how I remember it. They're writing songs. They're songwriting guys. It's a funny thing. Um, so, no, so, but, but Sandler and Aniston, great, great comedy double act. And I was watching... Was it to do with the goddess Ishtar and sort of the way they used to worship her in the olden days with great big orgies and stuff? Right, no, right. Adam Sandler's live is not Adam Sandler. Paul, you're close to getting blocked. I have no idea. No idea, Catherine. That's a nice, I tell you what, a nice little project for you. You can investigate that and give it, let us know tomorrow. Brilliant. <laughs> I might be sick. But if I'm That'd sick... That'd be I'm, moment of the year, next year. Uh, if I'm sick, I'm going to um, keep broadcasting. Don't you dare, you dare cut my mic, Sam. You cut my mic if I'm throwing up. And I will come throw up over you. Oh. Um, so I'm watching this film. It's on a boat. And I texted you, didn't I? I said, oh my God. One of my close showbiz friends is in this film. Why are you blank-faced? Which close showbiz friend? David Walliams. Oh, he's close, is he? He... What you said to me is I could say hello to him. No, 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 no. Oh, what did said, I say after I, that? He would say hello to me. He would say hello to me. He has done. On several occasions, he saw me walking down the street once, and I saw him, and I thought, oh, I don't really want to talk to David. So I crossed the other side of the street. He crossed the other side of the street to say hello to me. Oh, you couldn't get away from him. 
When I was at the National Television Awards, as we mentioned earlier, he tur- he was sat in front of me, he turned around to say hello to me. Gosh. So David Williams is a friend of mine. He knows me. He knows my name. He's, a, he's an acquaintance. No, 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 no. He knows me. He knows you. My friend Mackenzie was in a TV series with him, Barking, Look It Up. So, and he was like a star in this film with Listen, him. Listen, take that stayed at a hotel my mum was working at. That does not make them my friends. Okay, I don't even know what you're talking about now. I just kind of switch off when, when your voice comes in. It's, it's a great skill I've developed. So that's one friend I've got who I'm going to reach out to on the social media in a minute. I don't have his number. Um, <laughs> of course you have, Luke. Of course you have. Luke says he's actually thought about doing that album. Of course you have. Come to me. I've I got a dozen albums, concepts you can have. <laughs> right. Um, but stop tweeting me, Luke, because it's making me forget. This is, actually, this is actually very important. Unless you know Adam Sandler, he's not interested. No. Right. And then I thought, what's the one recurring theme in every Adam Sandler movie. Him being a bit rubbish? Another one. Um, Redemption. It's... They have one actor in every film who always dresses up in a racially offensive way and plays a character from a different nation. Yellow face, he's playing a Mexican in this film I'm watching at the moment... Um, he, he, he always is. It's the same actor. Another good friend of mine, Mr. Rob Schneider. I've silenced you. I've silenced you. At last. Rob Schneider. You know Rob Schneider? Well, probably more than you do. What do you mean? Go on. He was in that film about a male whore, whose name escapes me. It's got the phrase mangina in it. Juice Bigelow. He's Juice Bigelow. Good friend of mine. Now, so suddenly, suddenly, we have gone... How do you know him? Huh? How do you know him? He came on a TV show I hosted once as a guest. Once. Um, and what, and what? you went out to dinner? No. You stayed friends? Didn't go out for you dinner. You know his daughter? She's now a pop star. Didn't yeah. go out for dinner. Don't no. know his daughter. Okay. But when he came on the 11 o'clock show 20 years ago, yeah. we really connected. Okay. Really connected, actually. Godfather to children, or...? No, 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 no you're, being, no, you're being silly and flippant. Just checking. Oh, I know what. Tell you what, could you... Why don't you get your dreams and put them over there, and I'll have a whittle on them in a second. I'm just not claiming to know people I don't know. I, I know him. Okay. If I knew... If he was if he was here in this room now, I would say hello to him. I mean, yeah, otherwise it would be weird, That it? would be weird if I didn't. You're absolutely right, but... Okay, well, good luck with all this. Thank you. So, what I'm going to do is I am going to reach out to my two good friends. This is just the start. This is just phase one. This is just phase one mm-hmm. of my plan. Where are we? January the 1st? Was it January the 5th? What is the date today? 7th? It's the 28th. Oh, time is moving on. Right. So phase one, I reach out to my good friend David Williams and my good friend Rob Schneider. I think that's his name. Why, what do you call him? Robbie. I call him uh, the big R. Oh. And um, I ask them if they can help me be in an Adam Sandler movie. He's probably making three right now. Exclusive. 
exclusively for Netflix. Mm. So I'm going to reach out. So uh, why don't you do one of your news stories and oh. I'm going to tweet these guys You need to belittle me. You've not got that part yet, you know. Hi at David Walliams. I hope you are well. I really, then in capitals, really want to be in an Adam Sandler movie and I saw you were in one. Do you have his phone number, please? We need a hashtag for this. We need a really cool hashtag. Hashtag. So, hashtag. Desperate. Hashtag. Get me in an Adam Sandler movie. I'm going to put movie because in America they don't say films, they say movies. You're right. So, hi David Williams, I hope you are well. I really, really want to be in an Adam Sandler movie and I saw you were in one. Do you have his phone number, please? Hashtag get me in an Adam Sandler movie. And we just send that. And we wait for the phone to ring. Oh no, he hasn't got your number. And we wait for it to respond. Well, let's just see. I wonder if he's, David's probably following me. No, he's It'll be David's assistant, won't it? He stopped following me. He's not following me. Um, okay. Just well, we wait. Now we go. Now. Now we go. Hi, Rob Schneider. Boom. I got his name right. We met 20 years ago on a UK TV show called, I spelled years wrong, called The 11 O'Clock Show. I know you are friends with Adam Sandler and I really want to be in one of his movies. Can you help? Hashtag get me in an Adam Sandler. The hashtag is the key because mm. then it gets it trending and then it gets into well, the top ten trends it, and then it becomes a local trend then it becomes a worldwide trend and then people just can't ignore the hashtag. Yeah, but you don't want everyone tweeting get me in an Adam Sandler movie because it'll be confusing and then they'll all get part Okay, well I should have put get, get Ian in an Adam yeah. Sandler movie Well, it's too late because I've started the hashtag. Okay, well it's going to be a very long movie. Alright, well I'm going to put get Alright, alright, alright I'm making an executive decision. Get Ian in no, because they'll think I'm called Lane. No, get me, get me in an Adam Sandler movie. Uh, we met. Hi, Rob Schneider. We met twenty years ago on a UK TV sh show called The Eleven O'clock Show. I know you're friends with Adam Sandler. I really want to be in movies. Can he help? Can you help? I hope you are you and your family yeah. friendly are well. Oh, you know when you've just, you know when you've just done something and you think, oh, this could be life-changing. This could be life-changing. I feel energised. I feel like Keith Richards when he had the blood transfusion from the um, baby. I feel, oh, guys, really got to... Thanks for the retweet, Kath. It would help if I had a blue tick, but I do what I can. Thanks for the retweet. You get me in a movie, I get you a blue tick. You can forget the 150 quid, that's gone. Oh, That's thanks. out of the window. Gosh. 
to 50. Um, I really just felt like a little shiver there. It wasn't an earthquake, was there, just then? No. Well, then that was my life-changing direction. Okay, good. That was my life-changing direction. Guys, we really need to get behind this. I need retweets. I need, ha I need hashtags. I need that hashtag to trend. Let's get this trending. Let's really see if this can take off. Let's, let's workshop this. Let's, any ideas you've got, share them with me. Because my success is your success. The more successful I am, the more successful you are. The less likely is to speak to you again. Exactly. Well, well, it, I probably will have to stop doing the radio show once I become a Netflix movie star. Jeez, <laughs> oh. excuse me. So, guys, uh, Roger, thanks for the tweet, mate. You've not put the hashtag in, so you're dead to me. Let's get that hashtag trending, guys. Let's let's really see if we can can get in there. If you know any influencers, influence, influencers, influencers on any of the social media, let's get them talking about this. Let's make this the chatter. You know when they talk, then, then um, the security forces say, "Well, we've heard." The chatter. We've heard chatter on the dark web. Let's make this the chatter. Let's make this the chatter that the security... Let's drown out ISIS chatter and terrorist chatter. We should, we're bored of that now. Let's drown that out. Let's make this the chatter. Okay? Thank you for your help so far, guys. This is well, going Well, you happen. say help. There's a people... 11 people have liked it, but only 7 people have retweeted it. I think... I think likes have more power than retweets. Do they? I think so. I think so. Um, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Uh, would you like to carry my bags, carry my baggage for me? No. We're to Hollywood? No, thanks. You don't want to carry my baggage to Hollywood? No, thanks. So you don't want to come to Hollywood, I'm mate? I've got enough arms for all your baggage. That's a way of saying, would you like to come to Hollywood with me when I make a Netflix no, movie? No, thanks. I heard it's a dump. Sam, would you like to carry my baggage? Yeah, of course. Guy's going to go and have, have a lad's fortnight in Hollywood, yeah? Yeah. On me. Sounds good. Have fun. We will. We'll have a lot of fun. Do you like pole dancing? Of course. Great, you're going to be pole dancing for me, and I'm going to be putting $50 notes down your pants. I'm glad is, I'm not going. This is going to be awesome. I'm going to see Sam pole dance. Oh, 344 499 This is Talk Radio. Late Night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Just checking to see if Rob or David... Have replied they haven't replied yet early days early days i'm not expecting anything before 11. uh Catherine, what have you got please story about um a story about uh, the late great nicholas parsons oh we'll be playing our interview with nicholas a bit later on this is uh, in a talk at the vna museum paul merton told this story here's the thing it? no one will have one bad word to say about no. that guy not there will not be one bad word about him tomorrow go on parsons was at the edinburgh festival and someone was talking to him about richard Pryor. Oh, yeah. Telling Parsons how funny he was, but also all about his crack binges, you know, setting himself on fire, oh. going completely off the rails, etc. Talking about Richard Pryor. I misunderstood. Parsons, uh, Merton said, Parsons stood there listening in absolute disbelief. Yeah. About an hour later, he was overheard saying to someone else, Have you heard what's happened to Richard Pryor? He's gone completely mad. <laughs> <laughs> no. Imagine Richard Breyer setting himself on fire. <laughs> crack benches. Smoking crack. <laughs> it could happen. It, it, here's the thing, it could happen. Mm. There's a, a, a woman in the, the papers, and it's been great for lazy radio hosts, this story. I don't really, I'm uh -oh. not really that interested in what she's said so much. Um, as, as her name. Oh, go on. 
so the story is, it's, it's a lazy thing. Chatting about football at work should be sidelined oh, as yeah. it can exclude women, says the, the head of a boss's group. The Chartered Management Institute's Anne Frank. Oh, really? Okay. But F-R-A-N-C-K-E, that's Frank. Yeah. I mean... I... I mean... There'll be loads of Anne Franks. No. Yeah, there will. No. I reckon it's... But you wouldn't... You would... It's like some names you go... Because when you do name, when you name kids, you go through all of the connotations, you abbreviate it, I think we've got the name, you abbreviate it as a surname, okay, right, if you do this, okay, mm, mm, mm. at some point someone's going to go, yeah, but but it's Anne Frank, you know Anne mm. Frank, you know, the, you know the girl in the diary, it's Anne Frank. But maybe you? it's a married name, you can't, you can't decide that you're not going to marry someone because your name might sound like Anne Frank. Um, that's true, that's true actually, that's, uh, that's very true. It was, um, I didn't watch it, but I heard some of it on the radio. The uh, Auschwitz Holocaust. What, now, what exactly was it 75 years since? Since the liberation. Since the liberation of Auschwitz. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, uh, that was, it was, <laughs> sounds, man, that was grim. It was, uh, I heard bits of it on, on the radio and it was, it was incredible. Yeah. It was incredible listening. It's incredible I had to listening. Kind of explain bits of it to my eight-year-old. Mm. Oh gosh, the, the the technicalities of how the people well, were murdered. Yeah, well, no, not the technicalities of it, but what happened. Yeah, you know, and yeah, then they have to know about it. Yeah, of course they do. Um, and of course she was appalled. She can't believe that people treated each well, other like that. Because she's, she's a sensible eight-year-old, and she's little, child. and she's surrounded by people who love her. Yeah, and fortunately, she can't comprehend such hatred. It's, um, it was really fitting that it's, that that coverage was, and it's in all the papers, of course, is happening now because it is totally, totally on the rise. Anti-Semitism, specifically, uh, is on the rise. And I don't know, I I don't think Jeremy Corbyn is anti-Semitic, but I do think he allowed it to, 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 to fester and grow in the Labour Party. I do also think that some of the press used the, the, the argument of anti-Semitism as something to beat, beat him with. Correctly so, but there was definitely is a problem. And also I, I, I see it uh, on Twitter. Not so much, because I've, I've kind of blocked so many people now that I tend not to get those kind of comments in my feed. But mm. that's taken a lot of work to get uh, away from that. But it's... Um, Here's the thing, right? We got to, we got to bring our kids up right because these are really really dark times in terms of racism, generally, Islamophobia, anti-Semitism specifically. These are really unpleasant times, and it feels like to me that the arseholes are winning. Feels like to me the arseholes are winning. They've got that perception as well. They've got the upper hand at the moment. And it's a pendulum. Swings back and forth. We had a long time of, of, of kind of liberalism and, and stuff, and it's, it's, it's now sort of swung back the other way. And I think it will get significantly worse before it gets better. But there are so many overt and very, very clever covert racists that are in positions of power, 
politically, that are in positions of having an audience in terms of the radio shows that they host, the TV shows that they host, and they are normalising... Uh, they're normalising this stuff. This thing with Donald Trump today, he solved Israel-Palestine. He solved it. Oh, that's that sorted, isn't it? He solved it. And this is going to be a, this is going to be really interesting to watch how this is going to be played out because he solved it, which no one else has been able to do. He solved it by working with the prime minister, is it prime minister or president of Israel, but not with working with the Palestinians. And his solution is. Give the Palestinians a load more land, Israel get Jerusalem. Where, from what little I know of that whole situation, Jerusalem is the key. Because Jerusalem is also the birthplace, as well as Christianity, it's the birthplace, birthplace of Islam. And the Palestinians believe that they have as much, if not more, and I'm not on either side... But they believe they have a legitimate claim to Jerusalem. And this, this whole Donald Trump thing that came out today excludes... They, I think they get like a, a little bit of the east part of Jerusalem. East Jerusalem, they get a capital. But they, but they don't really get Jerusalem. And, 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 and he's, 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 he's worked this out with the Israeli Prime Minister. And of course, Palestinians have gone... Nah. Yeah, immediately rejected by nah. Palestinian yeah. President Mahmoud Abbas. He's gone, nah. Nah, this, nah. This, says, this, this, after this, the this. nonsense we heard today, we say a thousand no's to the deal of the century. And it's just... I don't know which way this is going to go, right? Because I don't really understand the situation. I don't really have a horse in this race. Is this going to make people more anti-Islamic? Or I, I can see it at some point being spun as anti-Semitism as well. I can just see, I can just see it, being, it being spun. And I get it's complicated, man. I get I'm like a sixth former, but this this yeah, thing with Trump is going to make that. things exactly. He, he goes plowing in and says, "Right, that's that sorted, lads." Yeah, uh, I heard the press conference on the way in, uh, and it was the arrogance, the arrogance. And then you've got the head of of Israel going, "You are the greatest Trump, President Trump. You are the greatest friend Israel has ever had in the White House." And I was thinking, oh my god, <laughs> what is going on? What is what 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 is going on? Anyway, I don't know. I don't really know enough about it to pontificate too much. I'm just sharing my thoughts. Let's go to Bill. Good evening, Bill. Oh, good evening, Ian. Bill, what have you got for us? What a pleasure to speak to you. It must be. Have I ever called you once? And that was about two years ago. Did we argue? Uh, now we're talking about the great guy, Robbie Vincent. Okay. And then I was very pleased to um, listen to your uh, live chat with him probably about a year ago. Oh, he's nice, him. Robbie. I like Robbie a lot, yeah. Oh, he's a fantastic guy. He's a good a, man. <laughs> I've had to wait, he's probably the, the greatest sort of talk show host, and that uh, you probably come second to that. You say my chat way. with him, Bill. I couldn't get a word. He, what, he took him, he said, he said oh, I'm going to sit guy. back and let you lead it. Ten minutes into it, I couldn't get a word in Edgeways. I actually quite live fairly local to me, and I met him in Waitrose about about oh. a year ago. I had a little chat with him. He's a, he's a fantastic guy. He's right? changed Waitrose. I, I first listened to him when I was um, a teenager at school. He did, obviously did the late night um, show on BBC London. He was a pioneer yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, three, three day week and all that. And he's been an absolute role model ever since. And so have you, Ian, in a way. So, well, may uh, God bless you. That was fantastic. The reason I'm phoning tonight, Ian, yes. is this is something that I wanted to share with you that you'd understand more than most. 
Um, a week ago, I had a complete nervous breakdown in public, and I was destitute in high part, no money, no, no shelter, no food. But I've made a complete recovery, unbelievably, within a week. And I feel so mentally strong, happy, vibrant. I listen to you as I do, do it you know, for the last couple of years. I thought I must, I must, I must share that with you. Bill, I'm just going to flag up, because we're playing the Nicholas Parsons interview, we've only got yeah, a few course, minutes left. Yeah, yeah. So if, I, if we don't get the full meat and two veg of this story, I hope you'll call me back tomorrow. Of course but, I will. But what, no what, if you don't mind me asking, what, what, what happened? In, was it Hyde Park, you said? Yeah, I was in the middle of Hyde Park last week. What it is, it was a huge domestic. Uh, I've been married to my partner, solid as a rock, for 35 years. We got our house on fire. But she, because I'm, I'm, I'm working class stock English, she's Indian origin. Yeah. The only thing we ever had any conflict with is I like living life to the full. I don't think about money. Oh. Love it. Whereas she's always a bit cautious about money, and that's her upbringing. But it all exploded when I found out a school friend of mine was a multimillionaire, and this is absolutely, all oh, this is true here. And we got invited to a very swanky hotel in the middle of London. Of course, I want to go live it up large, have a great time. According to her, quite rightly from her perspective, <coughs> there's no such thing as a free lunch, literally. If it all goes tits up, then we get a massive bill. And that was a huge <laughs> explosion, but I feel fantastic now, Ian. Gosh, what's a, can, you, can you afford these, uh, these jollies? No, no, what it is, yeah, I'll explain it again, but... Because it's my... No, no, I don't go on jollies. But, uh, yeah, I live within my means. I sort right. of push the envelope a bit. Yes. But a friend of mine who... I found, oh, I'm on Facebook, a school friend of mine. Right. Uh, just to disclose... Just by accident... He never, he never revealed this before. Because, because he's a multi-millionaire and he's quite locally to us. He offered me a freebie, a, a swanky... Oh. Central London. Actually, it's not... not it's obviously in the Shard. Yes. He's got contacts in the Shard. But you ended up having to pay for it. I it large and, and live it up. And, and I would trust it. I would say, if he gets it a freebie, it's a freebie. But, <laughs> but you <laughs> ended up paying for it. Wife of Indian origin thinks, well, that goes... Your wife is... Co- we all... The bill, this is schoolboy school basics. We all know that, that there's no such thing as a freebie. <laughs> well, if you're right about this, then my wife would have was right as well, and I would have done with the bill, but I trust him. But you're like, feeling, you're he, feeling he, better he, now. He's got a big company in Nice, which is massive. But uh, that, that was the company, anyway. But you can't, what I wanted to share with you and your listeners, Ian, you can have a massive breakdown. I had it in a gym, actually, my local gym. Huge, I didn't know what to do. But I've recovered completely, because you, the breakdown can, can be so, you know, um, the you know, uh, Oh, it's you know, like being reborn. Cathartic, yeah. where you have a big breakdown, and then you have the big recovery, and that's exactly the place I'm in. Bill, Bill listen, I have to go, because we, we, I have got to go to a break, and we're going to play this Nicholas Parsons interview, that if you enjoyed the Robbie Vincent one, you're going to enjoy this. Give me a call later in the week, and we'll talk more about that. Uh, breakdown is, um, uh, it's, you reset the clock. Sometimes it's a breakthrough. It's like, oh, you're good. It's, sometimes it's like switching the computer off, and then on again. Uh, and I know, I've had a couple, and, um, you know... Um, no more phone calls, please, dear listener. Uh, this is the Late Night Alternative. Some weeknights from 10 with Ian and Kath on Talk Radio. Late Night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Ah, oh, poor old Nicholas Parsons. Um, you had to book him when we interviewed him a couple yes. of years ago. I'm going to play the interview in a second. I mean, he was an old man. <laughs> it was a little bit... Yeah, sometimes the telly was up a bit loud and... 
Um, Didn't he phone you up after we'd done the interview to yeah. talk about when we were going to do the interview? Yeah, there was that. So, yeah. <laughs> and that's when you kind of realised, because when he went into Nicholas Parsons mode in the yeah. interview, yeah. he was his usual debonair self. And I'm not saying that he wasn't off air, but you got the feeling that he... You only felt like he was an older man. He was a guy in his 90s. Yeah, when you were trying to do the arranging. But he was an absolute delight throughout. Um... Didn't he, wouldn't he call you, like, my dear or something? Okay. He had some, in, you know, slightly old-fashioned... He was lovely. He was lovely. And this is one of those people, you will not see one bad word on Twitter about him. You will not see one um, bad uh, word in the newspapers about him. Because everyone loved him, you know, and he was great. And he's done everything. Movies, TV shows, uh, radio shows. He's, he's, you know, he's a movie star. He appeared on, well, you're hearing this, I think, if I remember it correctly, he appeared on the Ed Sullivan show in the States. Really, really strange, uh, you know, how, where his career went. Anyway, he passed away yesterday now at the age of 96, and um, I remember that we'd interviewed him, and I asked Catherine to sort it, uh, dig it out, and you sit back and relax and enjoy me and Kath talking to Nicholas Parsons. Uh, Nicholas, it's such a pleasure to talk to you. You, you are, a, you know, you're a national institution, a comedy legend, um, and I absolutely love you on Just a Minute. Uh, f how long has that been going for now? 40-odd years, isn't it? No, 50 it, years. Is it? This year we celebrate our 50th anniversary. Flipping heck. I mean, I know it's just flipping heck, because it's almost difficult to believe I can't quite believe I did the original pilot. Yeah. And I'm still doing the same show, <laughs> and I haven't missed a single one, over 900 performances. You've never had a sick day? No, 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 you don't in our it, business. It's, you're, you're a bit off colour, you still go into work. It's beautiful because it's so simple. A lot of these game shows and quizzes and panel shows, they're all a bit complicated, but it's just so simple, isn't it? Well, basically, yes, it's simple, but it, what, what makes it work is having fun within a yeah. very, simple format. Yeah. I mean, we have refined it as the years have gone by. It was much more complicated when we started. Ian Messiter, who created the original game, uh, had all kinds of inhibiting factors. In, it. in fact, the pilot, if you're interested, yeah, go on. Was, a, was a disaster. Oh, really? The BBC didn't want it. Well, it wasn't good. <laughs> it really was not good. We were stumbling all over the place because Ian Messiter, yeah. in order to make it sound better, gave us inhibiting rounds where they couldn't use the a, prep, a certain preposition. Oh, That's really? Another round where you couldn't use a pronoun. Another round where you couldn't <laughs> use plurals. And it was, there was stopping and starting and everything. And the BBC had said no. And thanks to the very clever young producer we had called David Hatch, mm. just joined us from Cambridge. And he saw the potential. And he fought for it. And actually laid his job on the line, I've been told. Yeah. So he got the first series, not because they thought it was any good, but because they wanted to keep David Hatch on the, <laughs> yeah. on the staff. Uh, uh, and then he changed things a lot. Yeah. And I wasn't, also another interesting story, I wasn't the original choice for chairman. Oh, go on, who was? Well, I was going to be Jimmy Edwards. Oh, really? It was a good choice, because Jimmy was doing a programme then called Does the Team Think? Yeah. With other comedians, you know, all ad-libbing and so forth. And, um, but the thing was that I don't think Jimmy really wanted to do it. I took Ian, I knew Ian, he was a great personal friend. Yeah. I took his idea up to the BBC because I wanted to do some more improvised comedy, mm. which I'd been, I just won an award with a program called um, Listen to This Space, which I created, which was a breakthrough in, uh, in, in the comedy world of television. You know, it was a satire show. Yeah. It was the first satire show on radio. And I wanted to get back to do some more improvised comedy. And so it was 
I was going to be on the panel. And Jimmy was going to be chairman. And he was never available when they wanted to do it. So David Hatch came to me and said, Nicholas, um, I've got an offer to make you. Would you please be the chairman for the pilot? I said, no, David, please. I don't want that job. I'm not right for it. <laughs> I said, please, please, don't give it to me. He said, I'll do a deal with you. You be chairman for the pilot. And if we get the series, you can go on to the panel. Derek Nimmo's free, so we get him. Fine. Oh, fantastic. And, uh, and so I did the pilot, and it wasn't. It was such a disaster. And then after he managed to persuade the BBC to give him his first series, yeah. he came to me again and said, Nicholas, I've got a series now of just a minute, and I've had to fight for it. There was only one thing in the pilot they quite liked. And that was your chairman. <laughs> Fantastic. And let me finish the gag. Yeah. And I said, but David, I was awful. He said, I know, but so was everybody else. <laughs> anyway, you don't in show business if you get offered a good job, turn it down. And you know, you, you, you just find a way yeah. to use your professional experience, all that you've got over the years, and make that show work for you and work for yourself. And you, I mean, some of the guests you've had on there have been, I mean, absolutely phenomenal. Rob Ryden, Tim Brooke Taylor, oh, Kenneth no, Williams, no, no, John Junkin. Absolutely. So the name, it's a, it's, a, it's a sort of stellar list of show businesses. Yeah. Just recently, Al Murray came on, I mean, Graham Norton, who comes on quite frequently. Oh, he's yeah, brilliant. Graham, who's wonderful. I mean, Graham doesn't need to do that to increase his bank balance he comes on because he loves to do the show yeah i think one of the reasons they enjoyed paul merton who's our regular did say he said the thing is you don't have to do any preparation yeah you just arrive and do it and if you can do it then it's great fun and we all have a lot of laughs and there is a which i try to generate it's like a sort of orchestra trying to generate the fun and and there is that sense of fun we're all enjoying ourselves which is communicated to the audience that and comes across Alyssa. yeah and and i think that you know the end of it all they've all had a fun time yeah and they've gone away with it oh and that definitely comes across to the listener you, you you're you're laughing with everybody because you know it does sound how long does do you record the show for is it is it half an hour or does it go on a bit longer well this is one of the things i'm really proud of because most shows nowadays because uh, they can edit uh, over recording yeah Ours is almost recorded to time. Wow. He records about maybe 35, 33, 34 yeah. minutes, and then he trims down all the gagging and ad-libbing in between to get it. And one of the producers said, he said, you know, I was editing this. I said, it was awful. I was having to leave on the cutting room floor wonderful big laughs. Because you've got to get it down to the yeah. 27 minutes to fit into the slot. So, I mean, I think for safety, he records about 30, 32 minutes or something like that. But basically... It is a live show. Mm. And I believe, because I grew up in live television and mm. radio, when everything was live and nothing was recorded, you couldn't record because they couldn't edit. Mm. And I believe that uh, thing about being live, you go out there knowing it's got to be right. And I think that gives you a sort of impetus of frissons, it's the adrenaline pumping. Yeah. And I think that's what helps towards the success. Nicholas, I've, I've been reading a lot about you. Um, You're good. I, no, no, I've, I've done my research. I, I, one thing that really surprised me, you appeared on the Ed Sullivan show in, the, in America, the show that broke the Beatles. That's right, we what? did it with the Arthur Haynes Arthur show. Haynes, where, where, how did that come about? That's incredible. Well, Arthur Haynes' show, uh, I mean, that again was a first show, it was called um, um, Strike a New Note. It turned into the Arthur Haynes show with Nicholas Parsons. That was a disaster show. 
but it was scam when ITV first began, and they had nothing to replace it because he couldn't take it off. And George Black, who was then producing it for ATV, yeah. said, I'm going to get rid of everybody else oh. and keep you and Arthur Haynes, or Arthur Haynes and you, and I think you should do sketches together. He developed then into the Get Happy show, and then by the end of the year, we changed the title. It was the Arthur Haynes show with Nicholas Parsons, and we ran for 10 successful years. Yeah. And then suddenly, it was booked to go on the Ed Sullivan show. We went to uh, New York and did um, six shows. Uh, you know, it was wonderful. We had two weeks over there, and we recorded six different shows. And um, and and I, Ed Sullivan was very complimentary to me because Arthur, it's a lovely story. It's in the autobiography, but yeah. do you want to hear it? Yeah, please do. Because oh, yes. Arthur had decided that as I was getting so much attention, he thought he might change the format. He said, Nicholas, I think we should separate. He said, no hard feelings. It's been wonderful. And I'll do another series with you. Then we'll go to America. And he said, do you want to do your theatre work? And, and, and I said, well, Arthur, you know, if we, if we become Haynes and Parsons, I'll stick with you forever. And he said, no, no, um, you know, no hard feelings. I think it's been wonderful. And uh, cause he, he wanted for some reason, I don't know, he felt threatened in some reason, I don't know. Right. So anyway, so what actually happened was that I agreed, we did these shows, but he then, because he was changing when he came back and wanted his friend Dennis, Derek, um, um, there's the noise to go with him. We were booked by his agent as Haynes and Company. Oh. So I wasn't there under my own name of Nicholas Parsons. Yes. And I didn't know this until, um, and, and of course, as I was booked as Haynes and Parsons, uh, and Ed Sullivan thought that I was just a sort of uh, secondary person to him and not, not his equal. Yeah. And after we'd done the first run through, the first sketch we did, he walked over, and right in front of Arthur, he said, you know, this guy's good. He <laughs> is the best straight man I've ever seen. You want to hold on to him. Don't oh. let him go. Oh, dear, oh, dear. I bet that didn't go down too well. You should have seen Arthur's face. Because <laughs> when we got back, we did go. And, oh. But unfortunately, it, it didn't work for Arthur. He got somebody else who was a very good performer. But the public had got used to Haynes and Parsons. yeah. yeah. And and his next show went down the tubes, and so did the next summer season. And I landed on my feet, because I was, I was offered the lead in Boeing, Boeing, and the West End. And that ran for 15 months. It was wonderful. The, the, one of the things that, um, that made me realise just how funny you are and how talented you are was, was a long, long time ago, because, of course, I knew you growing up, with, you know, with, with Sale of the Century. Um, and, and that's kind of all I thought you did. And then I saw that, well, that wonderful... That very long ago, you know, really, in my life. Well, I know him. <laughs> <laughs> but then I saw that brilliant comic strip you did with Rick Mail and Adrian Edmondson. Oh, know, oh Nicholas amazing. Bloody amazing. Parsons. Yeah, it was wonderful, wonderful, wasn't it? It was so delightful. Peter Cook, of course. What, what, how did that... Did you Did you just get a phone call saying, is Nicholas free to appear in this show? Yes, it did. My agent phoned me up and said, they want you to do a, a show called The Comic Strip, but it may have called Mr. Johnny Lives Next Door. Yeah. And they sent me the script. And I realised this guy was being sent out absolutely rotten, the lead character. It hadn't, it, hadn't, it hadn't got a name then. And I phoned up and I read the script and I thought it was a very good script. And I said to my agent, I said, it's a great script. Love to do it. And, and the voice came back to me and said, would you really? And I think they'd offered it to one or two people and they'd all turned it down flat. Right, yeah. they weren't prepared to be sent up rotten like that. Mm. But you see... I'd got a lot of experience as a straight man. I worked with ben Arthur Haynes for 10 years, Benny Hill for four years. Yeah. I knew how to take the flack and, and come back and make it funny. Yeah. And so I realized that this was a, a great script and a great situation. And so they were delighted. 
and they were lovely to work with. We had such fun, so many laughs. It was it was absolutely delightful, and it was it was such a revelation for me as as a young man seeing that and seeing you, and also you're right, seeing you being able to. Not everyone can take a joke, you know. Not everyone can 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 have can can, in, can enjoy that kind of ribbing that you got in it. Well, it, it's a technique, I think, because mm. I was trying to explain to you then that I think all my experience working as a foil, a straight yeah. man, uh, to Benny Hill and to Arthur Haynes, it taught me how to take it and come back and make it funnier yeah and 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 also i mean arthur and um, um paul merton does it a lot on just a minute yes, with me yes. Yes. i mean he takes the mickey out and listening to it tonight with there was a recording went on he was up there at one point he made the most outrageous <laughs> remark about me and the audience roared with laughter <laughs> but you see I, I don't know what it is it's some way of taking the insult mm. riding with it showing the audience you enjoy it as much as they do I mean, I said to him, I said, oh, you are absolutely incorrigible. <laughs> and I think I'm extremely generous. Actually, it was so funny, I'm going to give you a bonus point. You know, got a round of applause. It's, um, I don't know what it is. It's just something I can do. do. I, I learned it. Mm. Show business is a learning curve all the time. You are always, every time you go out and do a show, you're learning. If, you, uh, if your antennae are there, you get little wrinkles come to you from your performance, and you'll find how to polish and hone everything that you mm. do and i've always had that attitude and so um, i've evolved a way of working with a comic and um, uh, taking the flack if they want to give it to me and coming back and being funny myself how did you get into it nicholas did you always want to be in showbiz and were your parents supportive of that no no they did everything to stop me really yeah well you see i was born at a time you didn't do what you wanted you yeah. did as you were told yeah I came from a successful, professional, middle-class family, and um, I, I wanted to be an actor from the earliest age, but I, my, all my family were professionals. They either took a, a trade or a, a professional, the doctors and lawyers and other people. And when I said I wanted to be an actor, my, mother, my father's reaction was, oh, it was very typical of the age. He said, oh, don't be ridiculous. That's not a proper job. Mm. And my mother was horrified because she thought everybody in the entertainment or the theatre, she called it, was either debauched or depraved or degenerate. <laughs> and, yeah. and I said to her one time, I said, but mother, I don't understand. You, you love going to the theatre. And she said, yes, I do. And you admire people like Lawrence Olivia and Sybil Thorndike and Peggy Ashcroft and other people like that. I said, I said, yes, well, do you think they're all like the people you've described? She said, no, but isn't it a pity they have to work with those sort of people? And so I knew I wasn't going to get anywhere. And because I've always been very capable with my hands, mm. creating things and building things, uh, I had a lot of clocks. I did a clock program recently, which was based on the fact they knew I repaired and put together grandfather clocks. Wow. And my parents realized that I had this... Uh, I call it another type of creativity. It's creativity with your hands. Mm. And they thought, well, maybe you should be an engineer. And they got in touch with the relations we have in Scotland or got in touch with friends. And they found... They knew some person who ran a, a firm on Clydebank called Drysdale's who made pumps and turbines. And, and I, next thing I knew, they were for me to begin an engineering apprenticeship on Clydebank. Wow. Well, quite frankly, I didn't give a damn if I wasn't going to be an actor. Didn't give a damn what I did. Yeah. And the next thing is during the war, just started in 1940, January, uh, just got my matric, which was the equivalent. I was actually eligible to go to university. I was just over 16. Mm. And I was on a train going up to Glasgow in the blackout, 
the war and I found myself some dinks and a boiler suit and the next day I was on a, the green tram car going down to Yoko on Clybank. I thought I'd entered another world. Mm. I didn't understand what they were talking about to begin with. <laughs> oh, Paul, you know, it's okay for you, but you know, they were off. I don't know that. I know they were off. I don't know that. And anyway, I mean, but again, I think it's the actor in you. Yeah. If you're going to survive in that environment, you've got to find a way to make a rapport, a relationship with them. And I found a way to do it. I mean, they, they found me entertaining. I could mimic the gaffers and the foreman. And so I, I became a mate. I remember one of them saying to me, he said, hey, wait, I ask you, should, um, are you a bosses man? And I realized what they were after. And I said, no, 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 I don't know the bosses at all. Of course, I knew them. They got me the job. I said, um, he said, because that's all right, Nicholas. I mean, you're okay. You muck in. You, you, you become one of the lads. You know, you make us laugh as well. Because, I mean, that, that's it. Yeah, you, you're a mate. Because if you were a bosses man, we'd crucify you. <laughs> Can you imagine surviving under those circumstances? But I did. It's one of the few things I'm really proud of. Yeah. I did five years there. Mm. Five years. And um, it went into all the different departments. And I am actually a qualified marine and mechanical engineer. You could still do it now? No, not now. No. I wouldn't know. It look at me, you know. Did you ever, when you became, I don't... Saying, I couldn't do it. I've got the ability to do it. Yes. But, but things change. Yes. Automatically, things change. I mean, um, technology changes and uh, mechanical things change and improve and so forth. I, I, <coughs> excuse me. I don't know when you, when your parents passed, Nicholas, and I wondered if, if, if they did see you become successful. Oh, if, yes, if they ever th- and, and did. Did, did you get that well done, they son? Embraced it. Yeah. No, they never said well done. They just thought I was still mad. Um, oh. <laughs> but, but they still supported me and came to see my shows and everything like that. Yeah. Yes, of course they did. They accepted it. Um, and you're still doing just a minute, and it's it's still hilarious. You still do your shows up in Edinburgh. Is there anything, looking back, Nicholas, that, that, that you haven't done yet that you'd still like to do? Well, I've done a lot of things. I, I began to direct and make short films for the cinema and little documentaries. And I, I and actually, I think if you do a lot, you'll be into learn how to make things and tell other people how to do it and I would love to have directed more I've directed one or two plays Yes, my friend Eric Nimmo used to send productions out to the far east of the different hotels and I produced a couple of plays for him and I would love to have done more directing but if you're going it's got so specialised our profession yeah. if I'd said listen I'm going to stop acting and become a director you can't do both but I mean, I, I thought it was too much of a gamble. Yeah. I'm, I'm secure as an actor. I'm what documentaries worse. did you make, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, yeah, they were in the cinema. There was a time in the, um, in the 60s when they were taking, um, or in the 70s particularly, when they were taking uh, uh, documentaries. Yeah. In fact, there was a thing called the ED money, and it was a very good idea. A certain amount of money had to be taken from every distributor and put into a fund to help young, or not to say young, aspiring filmmakers. Right. So there was a little bit of cash available. And so if you wanted to go out and make it, and the, the, the distributors had to have a short, which was anything up to 30 minutes yeah. in the cinema. And so they were obliged to do it. And unfortunately, Margaret Thatcher, who was always from, you know, um, what was the word they used? Was it cost-effective? She looked into this and said, uh, is he making any money? Is he cost-effective? No, it isn't, but it's a wonderful way of helping and encouraging yeah. you and aspiring young filmmakers. Oh, she did not making a profit. Cancel it. 
And, of course, the distributors were delighted because they didn't have to give a little bit of money back. And so it all finished. But while that was on, I made about three. There was one I made to help the charity I've worked for ever since, uh, you know, since it almost started, the Lord's Travellers. Mm. And I uh, finally played cricket in Corfu. <laughs> and so I decided to do a cricket match and showed them playing at Blenheim, which was always the first game of the season. Because they had a lot of celebrities, far more celebrities yeah. playing for them than they do now. And, um, and then I took a whole team with some wonderful players, John Cleese, John Alderton, Brian Ricks. Wow. Uh, and, uh, and we went to this team with three professional players out. And I fixed it all. I went out there, planned it all. And we, we filmed a cricket match wow. out in Corfu. And we had them all fooling around and playing the game as well. And, um, and we called it Mad Dogs. I, I called it Mad Dogs and Cricketers. Fantastic. But I was the producer, the director, and everything. Yeah. And I was in it as well. <laughs> <laughs> of course you were. And it worked very well. And actually, it's now on, I think it's on YouTube, because I gave a copy to the Lord's Tavernous Charity, and they, in order to publicize what they do, I think they've given it to the um, YouTube, so people can see it, actually. Very successful film. Then they did one about their golf, mm. another one about the British life. I called, called it Terribly British. And uh, another one about, um, oh, a number of things I met. And so um, I, I enjoy doing that. Nicholas, um, it, uh, listen, I'm going to let you go because I can hear you've got Coronation Street on in the background. I don't want you to miss no, that. No, my wife is a oh. Coronation Street fan. <laughs> she, can you hear it? Can you I, hear it? I, I, I heard the theme tune coming back in after the adverts. Oh, <laughs> right. Well, that was my wife. She, I mean, she loves it. I mean, don't worry about it, that. It, 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 it's a great show, isn't oh, it? Oh, it's a, it's a crack. Have you ever been in Coronation Street? No, I've never been in any, any of the soaps. No? never asked me, no. Uh, I can I imagine you strolling down there. Now, that's one of the few things I haven't done. Mm. Um... Because now, in no, because when I was younger, they didn't have people who are known elsewhere no. in the soaps. Now they do, because they've all been in them, haven't they? Um, Ian Lavender and uh, um, Den- Les Dennis and others. Oh, I, and, c- I can imagine you ordering a pint in 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 uh, the the Queen Vic in EastEnders or something. <laughs> I can imagine that, um, Nicholas. It's such a thrill to talk to you. I, I, honestly, I just think you're absolutely fantastic. Keep going, and um, not at all. I look forward not to really uh, to more just a minute. Thank you so much for your time, Nicholas. And by the way, yes, I mean, sir. May as well plug it. I mean, go on. I have written a book. Oh, plug it, plug just it. A minute, about, about just a minute. Called um, um, uh, um, uh, welcome to just a minute, which is a phrase I used at the beginning. Yes, and that's still available in paperback. It was a, came out in hardback. I did the memoirs just a few years previously, which was um, you know my life in comedy, and uh, I still do my one man comedy show around the country. I'm up for the um, Oxford Festival in, the, in April, so I do my comedy show. Do you never feel like like having, just retiring and having a rest? Has that yeah, ever I been think, an option? I think, I'd, I think I'd fall down and die. Yeah. I mean, I do believe that if you keep yourself going and use your brain, it helps to keep you young. Yeah. And I think it's very important to people to have that attitude because you hear of people who've done the same job for many years and then they retire, whoops, and they just potter about and then they fade away. I think you've got to keep using your grey matter, and that helps to keep you young and keeps you going. Oh, I think, and, and I, I hope this doesn't sound patronising, I think you are genuinely an inspiration. Well, are you 93 now, and you're still, you're keeping mm. up with people like Paul Merton and Josie Lawrence, and yeah, you're, 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 you're seeing them head-to-head, you know. <laughs> well, that's, thank you for the compliment, but yeah, I think, um, well, if you keep on the ball, I think there's no reason why you shouldn't. Nicholas, bless you, sir. Thank you so much for your time. Take care. Lovely to be on talk radio, and best wishes to all your 
faithful, loyal listeners, and you should have more and more. <laughs> Thank you, Nicholas. Good night. Bye bye. Unmissable late night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Talk Radio.